Hey, my nigga P. Davis just took y'all to economics 101 <laughs> real quick. Man, I was just like, I, I got to put people here, bro. Like, he just did that real quick. It's kind of easy when you listen to the cheat up sound. Pioneer speakers bumping as I smoke on the pound. I got the sound for your ass and it's easy to see. That this DJ it's kinda easy when you listen to the G'd up sound. Pioneer speakers bumping as I smoke on the pound. I got the sound for your ass and it's easy to see. That this DJ be What's the deal? Welcome to the Everything In Between podcast, where thoughts transform into words, words evolve into actions, and actions bring us right back here for everything in between. I'm Jedi Master Quan, and I'm welcoming you to the Everything In Between podcast. What up, Dope Davis? How you living? Good with you, Jedi Master Quan. How you feeling out here? Man, better than I deserve, brother. Better than I deserve. It's been almost a month since we last kicked it in this space. Our our peaceful space of everything in between, and I'm glad we back in action right now, man. It's definitely been a month too long. Sorry for the wait, everybody, but you know the school year just started for Jaquan, and the school year just started for my uh, bus route. So every year the schedule switches up, and uh, yeah, shit just been getting busy. But we out here grinding, and we back to out here to entertain y'all and give us our thoughts, give y'all our thoughts on everything in between. Hell yeah, hell yeah. It was this episode six. Episode six, you know, making so, it past that five episode it. milestone. This hype, this hype, man. So how you been living definitely over these past yeah, definitely a milestone. How you been living over these past couple of weeks? Man, I just had a birthday. Uh I just turned twenty four years old. Hey, good Kobe. Man, it was it was it's definitely it's a Kobe year. It was a definitely a great celebration. Uh, you know, everybody was out. You came out. Bank Hank came out. Even though this nigga ain't never on the podcast, <laughs> <laughs> he came out. We uh, we went out to Club Echelon. You know, we was popping bottles. We had like four or five Bel Air bottles. Booth. We had females. I ain't gonna call them bitches because they was my cousins. <laughs> <laughs> but we, had, you know, shit, we you know, we did the damn thing right, man. It was a it was a big celebration. Man. I really appreciate all the love that was around me for my uh, 24th birthday, right. and it was definitely one for the books. Man, that was a good ass night. I'll tell you that that was yeah. fun. that was a fun uh, night. I appreciate it, appreciate it. But I'm glad everybody enjoyed themselves. It was no drama, no bullshit. Because like I told them, I've been telling people, like, Club Echelon was like a pretty chill environment. Because mm. uh, people just be ducked off in there either getting high, smoking hookah or drinking, or on the dance floor hustling all night. And right. that's basically what it was. <laughs> and I was in there, I was in there stuck on the hookah, man. I was just chilling on the couch, had a couple beers, and just chilling, smoking hookah, man. People watching. Yeah, see, my night went like I, I remember getting there, and then I remember being at home. <laughs> That's how so, it should uh, be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like being in a club, I don't remember most of it. I like I remember bits and pieces, but when I try to remember, I get a headache, so I don't even think about it no more. I, I just thought no. from from what I heard, I enjoyed myself. So that's all that matters, and all that matters, everybody else enjoyed themselves. Oh yeah, you for sure enjoyed yourself. I, I knew your ass was lit when I was chilling on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> I was chilling on the couch in a, in the booth, and your ass, you know, you vibing to the music, dancing or whatnot. You made your way over there, and then your ass was standing, and then bloop, chipped and fell. I tried to stick my arm out to catch your ass, and I was like, "This nigga gonna break my shit." I'm gonna let my nigga hit the ground on this one, man. I got you back up, dog. You were sitting there for a minute. 
I said, yo, I start those off. I'm like, hey, man, come on, come on. <laughs> Get the fuck up. Let's go. I was like, yeah. Yeah, that couch was comfortable. I'm like, yeah, my, my guy here having a good time, man. It was a good vibe, bro. Definitely was, man. But then other than their birthday, uh, it's been, uh, it's just been nothing but work. But this past week, man, I got into a lot of bullshit, man. Oh, man. Well, oh, man. They got pulled over by the police, right? Bruh, right in front of my house. What? I see it. I was in within reach. Like, I see the cop see me. And then when he turned around, I ain't gonna lie, I sped up. Like, damn, I'm trying to get to the motherfucking crib. Hold on, baby. Maybe, so let, me, let me just get in my driveway. Maybe he ain't gonna, you know. I see them lights going on. I slow down. Like, this nigga ain't about to pull me over. He pulled me over for real, bro. So, you know, I got my L's, everything. I thought I had insurance. Let me tell y'all, you know how everybody get that bullshit LA insurance. The three months, you say the three months, on the, I mean the six months on the paper, mm-hmm. the dates and shit, right? So I'm sitting there, I'm like, this shit is taking too long. So I call my mom and shit. I'm like, look outside. She's <laughs> like, damn, what the, what the fuck you do? Like, she said speeding, but I wasn't though. You know how that go. She's like, all right, bet. Then I seen the second car pull up. I'm like, oh. I lit a black and I ain't even have a black. <laughs> I, I knew what time it was. Shit, I was like, damn, something ain't right. Some, something got to give. So then, uh, you know, he come back up to the car. He gonna tell me like, yeah, I called the uh, insurance. I'm like, you what? Whole ass nigga, bro. I ain't never ever in my life in these 24 years heard of cops calling the insurance companies just to confirm that you making your payments. Have you ever heard about that? I ain't heard squat deadly nothing about that. That's fucked up, bro. Like, bro, he had it out for me from the get-go to get my car. So, you know, the other cop other cop on the side of me and shit, you know, he got his hand on his gun looking at me, making sure I ain't going to act up and shit. You know you know how they be doing it? Yeah, man. I'm sitting there like, damn, this shit crazy. As soon as my mom, see, you know, my mom looking out the, she looking. As soon as yeah. she see the other cop car pull up, she, she go get her shoes and shit. She come outside. She she like looking like, man, what the fuck going on? Yeah, so yeah. So, you know, I'm telling them like, man, you know what? Let me just park it, park it right there. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to just go to the crib park. You ain't going to see it for, you know, until I get my shit. He's like, yeah. So you like, yeah, but blah, blah, blah. I, mean, I was like, man, give me my ticket. I skirted off. <laughs> got home. I ain't skirt too far because I was already close to the house. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I did 30 quick as hell. Boom, this nigga looking at me like, man, what the fuck is wrong with them? So I'm like, man, I'm mad as hell. I get out the car, look at them like, man, fuck these bitch ass cops and all that. Woo, woo, woo. Motherfucker, ride past the house. What? I'm like, I said, my mom, boy, get your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'ma say today. Man, what I was already heated as hell. So that bullshit happened. You know, I had to go drop something from insurance. Insurance is not cheap, man. Man, it ain't cheap at all, bro. I hey my mama say today too. I I just got insurance paid nine something for the six months, man. I'm like, fuck. That's what I, that's, that's what I just had to do. Man, I ain't wanna pay it, but hey. My my bitch fuck you was coming this week, y'all. <laughs> I, I got some I got some bitch fuck yous to get off my chest, and my mama saved the day on on one of those bitch fuck yous. So shout out to my mama. You know, moms always knows what's best for y'all. Like your mama just pulled you back into the crib, you know, because that could have turned real ugly. Definitely, they had a whole different situation in our hands, man. Shout out to mamas out there. Definitely, but that's <laughs> yeah, like, bro, in the first place, like, he actually called. That was pissing me off. Then the second, like, why should I have insurance in case I fuck up? Like, nigga. Right. Just in I, case I, some shit happened for me. 
Like, right. just in case what? some shit. Like, I, I know it's, it's very responsible to have insurance, but it's like, man, it's hey, at the scam. end of the day, I shouldn't be, pen- yeah, it's a scam. I shouldn't be penalized because I don't got it. What if, I, what if I'm well off and I got a, a million in the bank? Or if I crash your car, I can buy you a new car, buy me a new car, and keep exactly. it pushing. Instead of Move. paying somebody, paying the middleman who, and we can get into that real quick. My mama just got into a car accident and the insurance company is not taking up her claim and they trying to get her for fraud or some bullshit like that. And it's like, bro, her fucking bumper on her car is hanging half off, off the edge. Yes. Yeah. Man, do some accident wasn't even her fault. And they, they come into the crib, you know, scoping out who owned the insurance. That's why I was off insurance for a minute. We had to find a new one and I got right back on and had to get it for a different state and everything like that and just fix all that up because they was checking to see if I lived at the crib, you know? Okay. And I'm down yeah, here in yeah. Tennessee. I'm, I'm so not going to... Yes, that's hard to pull off. <laughs> yeah, so now they thinking we got some, yeah. some fraud, fraudulent activity going on when in reality... No, man, I'm, I'm still a Michigan yeah, college. Resident. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just gone. I'm not going to be at the crib all day. And then on top of that, it's like, why are you even checking? Why are you checking somebody's crib to see what cars is there? They looking well, for any excuse right now. My, my car is used for mobility. It's for me to leave. Exactly. I'm gone. Checking to see if my car at a particular residence at a particular time. Motherfucker, do your job, bro, and right. get fix my shit. Because we know these claims it. Gave you thousands of dollars. Thousands. Thousands, Six months, man. Twelve man, put months. That, put that shit into work. <laughs> put that shit into work, man. So all that insurance stuff. I understand health care, health insurance. Yeah, get that shit because tomorrow you might wake up and your arm need to get cut off. Now you in a whole different boat. <laughs> yeah, that's that's different. That's way yeah. different. But, but fire insurance. Come on, man. I can see homeowners insurance because you know a fire, you might get your house broken into. You know shit like that. You know you got to take precautions, especially with a, whatever type of neighborhood you uh, live in. But um, for cars, it's like, bruh, especially for African Americans, they know uh, about ninety nine point nine percent these motherfuckers around here is riding around without insurance. Oh yeah. So as soon as they pull over, the first thing they ask for is our insurance. They ain't even asking for the registration no more. Man. It's like insurance. Like, damn, do you want to see my license? Insurance. Insurance. Like, I remember one time my uh my insurance that one time I got pulled over on New Year's. Remember, I got pulled over yeah. around the corner, around the corner from your crib, bro. <laughs> and then it's nigga a hot zone, me, man. Man, I had I didn't have the updated proof of insurance. On me, like I had insurance, but not the updated version of it. And I gave him the latest one. He's like, "Oh, it's expired." I'm like, "Hey, man, the the fucking code and number account is the same. So if you just type it in, the same information will pull you. Well, you need to make sure you have, man. Boy, get off my nuts. Let them bitches hang. Right? <laughs> well, come on, man. Yeah, like, that- dog, get the fuck up out of here. You, I don't gotta have shit on me. As long as I know my shit good, you can do your job, bitch, and look it up. <laughs> right. And they're just trying to cause something that don't need to be caused, or like make a situation more than what it needs to be for real because i don't I been in situations where you know i've had everything ready to go package and seal you know i learned it in driver's training and i and my mama made sure that hey man while you driving on this road just remember you black you know you got to make sure you have everything ready to go and we done seen sure the um, driving instructor even told me have re- everything ready to go and he was a cop yeah like, he told I, me like you black have your shit ready Right, exactly. I got my whole little pouch that I got with my my registration and my insurance in there, with all my old registrations in there, and all my old insurances and all 
all that in there. So if that one don't work, pull this one, try this one. You know, I got all of it right here and I ain't got to dig and find it anywhere. And it's like, that is real convenient to have in a glove box. Or it's like, as soon as I get pulled over, I take them keys out, get that going and then boom, get it, get it riding. So like, Hey man, I ain't reaching for nothing. <laughs> like I ain't got nothing going on in this car, man. Do your job real quick. You're going to see my, now my history and my driving ain't, ain't perfect, but it used to be squeaky clean, but you know, that's just the life in the matter of things. But man, that's that's fucked up that had that happened to you, bro, over this past time. Bro, like, then the very next day, right? <laughs> the very next day. <laughs> it's an off day. Me and my sister and princess, we go to the movies. Hold on, hold on. We're gonna say this for the for the for the bitch. Oh, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna say that to the end. We we, we saving right, it for gonna, the end, bro. All right, we're gonna say that for the end. All right. That's a great story. Yeah, it's it's a solid story, y'all. <laughs> Anything else pop off in the past couple of weeks? Man, nothing. Just uh, that bullshit. You know, great birthday. Thanks for the love for coming out. And uh, shit, yeah, that's really sure. it. What about you, my brother? Man, the past couple of weeks, I feel like I've been in a Rocky fight. You know. Which Rocky? That's that's key. That's a, that's a key uh, question right there. Which one? It's a lot of it's a lot of good fights. I'm gonna say the ooh, the first fight against Apollo. Okay. Apollo 1, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Make sure that's the one. So, school just started back up. You know, recently school ended for the summer. But school just started back up, and it's just like, goddamn. Turn around quick as hell on you, didn't it? That that fight, you know how they, you know, you'd be punching each other. It is like, your turn, my turn, your turn, my turn. Nothing really, like, to to middle out, not going blow for blow. Man, yeah. school, school, internship, assistantship. That y'all beating down on me right now, making me busy, you know, extending my my day hours, all that. You know, I, I finish days where I don't get everything done that I desire to, but I get enough done. But it's like, damn, I still leave shit on the board. I don't want to leave that on the board. I want to finish the night, everything completed. But okay, I already, you know, talk, talk about the board real quick. What's the board? The board is basically like, you know, um, for my internship, I do. I had to start like forming lesson plans for classes and thinking about after school clubs for my assistantship my the person i'm under doing research with he had started his own community school years ago he's like the og to community schools and recently i just went through yesterday to go visit the school and check it out and whatnot and basically i'm gonna have my own after school program at the school and now i'm trying to figure out what i want to bring do i want to do yoga do i want to do lego robotics do i want to do a video game club like all that stuff where i can just so create. many possibilities yeah so now i was like okay. there's more stuff on the board to, to take care okay. of and i'm like all right i might got you i might do something like that and it's dope man the school is dope um school wise reading bro it's like we got to read so much during the week and just have it prepared to just talk about in class because grad school is a lot different than undergrad undergrad it's like you can come to class <laughs> if you want to you know, you can read the, the required text if you want to, but mm-hmm. in grad Shorts school. <laughs> like, barely show up to class. <laughs> man, but grad school is like, if you don't come prepared, reading at least, or skimming through at least a little bit of the information, like the articles or the textbook or whatever, you're going to be sitting there looking like a fool. And eventually that shit just going to make you feel like you're not supposed to be there. Which so, leads like, to you not coming to class. Which yeah. leads to you not finishing that class. Exactly. So making sure that I stay up on my readings and have something to contribute to class, especially because my perspective is different than everybody else 
of my classmates. Like I'm, I have a in quote unquote unique perspective. So make sure I provide that. Um, so basically, you in a class with all white people. Yeah, well, except, <laughs> except for one other black person. That's basically what you just said, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> basically. That's basically what you just said. Like, yeah. And, <laughs> and, a, and, a, and a male perspective as well. There's only four yeah, males that's, in my program. That's so that's, that's, so that's different. Also. And then on top of that, I'm the youngest male. You know, they all older and whatnot. So it's like my younger millennial perspective. Mm. Well, I guess the other people are millennials too. Oh, no, no, in the class. Man, the the next youngest person that's a male is I think thirty two. Thirty two. Yeah, bro. Ooh, shit. So you and okay, I see you, bro. I see you, bro. Okay. Yeah. So we we get down like that in there, and I gotta you know I gotta represent for the the cultural difference of age, the cultural difference of being a male, the cultural difference of being black, like all of that. So that's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. So I gotta make sure I'm on my. I'm on my toes, you know, and you know, game every day. That's what it. Hey, that's what I I put that on my plate because that's what I'm trying to eat. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be the best me that I can be. And while I know that the best me that I can be is great to this world, so fuck your shit. Okay, I don't cheat myself on that. So yeah, that's basically that. Um, I had a good ass time. Coming back to the crib, you already mentioned, you know, I saw saw you and the homies. You know, we we went out, had a good ass time for your birthday. That was real fun, man. I got yes, to see my was. I got to see my family. That was that was great. Seeing my family. Um got a tattoo. That man. that was dope. <laughs> I, that was a dope ass experience. I forgot we did go there. Yeah. I was with him. Yeah. That's yeah. Talk, talk about that, man. Yeah, so for the listeners that don't know what happened, man, I got a tattoo. Kind of like in memory of Nipsey Hussle, but not necessarily geared directly towards Nipsey Hussle, but the ideals and the philosophies that he preached on. Basically securing that being great is good and all, you know, but it doesn't take a special skill set to be great in this world. What really is the key ingredient to being great and successful is the idea of never giving up, always being persistent and consistent on everything that you do and everything that you want in this life. Giving up is easy. It comes around every day. You have an opportunity to give up, but then also believing that every day you got an opportunity to keep going and pushing forward and whatever goals that you do have. So, you know, I read, you know, the TMC marathon clothing, which after he passed, kind of transformed and evolved to the marathon continues. So just thinking that, you know, life in itself is a marathon and not a sprint. You know, our generation really get caught up in the idea of I want this shit now. I want I want to I want to work on my talent and my craft and see the fruit of my labor tomorrow. And that's just not the reality of how it's definitely not how shit work. We get how, too. We definitely too caught up in the now. Yeah. And, you know, being a prisoner of the moment is kind of deadly and scary because you'll sit there and be like, you can do a day's worth of research and be like, I'm a I'm a fucking expert. I got this shit. Like, now bring on like bring on life. Nah, bro. Sit down, <laughs> chill, relax, get, get everything. Reality check real quick. Right, man. Because life life going life gonna teach you. So, you know, continuing on with the marathon idea and then the victory lap is, you know, my time gonna come where I can I can sit back and have my victory lap. <laughs> You know, the applause can come. I don't really seek them, but, you know, that'll be that. 
But that whole experience again, Shut Patty. <laughs> the real Picasso in the D, bro. He yeah. He, shout out to the real P- Picasso, man. He out there on the west side. It's, uh, he invited us to his uh, home, which is his cult studio too. But that shit was just beautiful. Like the whole vibe, the whole place, just everything about it was just a great. A great experience, and, man. Like, and dude is talented. Dude is talented. The whole every wall is painted with his own creation and his creative vibe and his and his space is like nineties cartoons, thousands of cartoons, you know, things of the culture that really that paved the way for us growing up that we seen and was like, bro, this the shit. And it was just dope. You know, the whole time period that me and Patrick were there was there was dedicated to me. In my tattoo, it wasn't people running in and out the shop, talking about you know how much you how much it costs to do this little loyalty tat on my my shoulder. Like it, it wasn't <laughs> you know fail first and shit. You know, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't stuff like that. It was no phones was ringing. He had good ass music playing. We was just chopping it up, getting to know each other, just talking, vibing, and you know just filling the space out. And it was just perfect, man. I. Thank you. Shout out to uh, my profile, Motley. Derek Motley, he put me on to him. He was like, hey, bro, this who did my tattoo. And I'm like, all right, bet. I checked out his stuff. Man, he, he got some good stuff. And uh, I can't wait to see what else we're going to um, ink on my body because I said, hey, bro, you my, you my artist from now on. And anybody who has ever seen my body know I'm tatted. I got, I'm tatted for real. And this is the first time I ever felt confident and comfortable enough for somebody who's about to ink my whole body. I don't give a motherfuck. <laughs> like, <laughs> for real. So I nice appreciate that. Me too, man. Because, like, yeah, I'm definitely, I can't wait to, I was, like, hoping to go to him soon. But, you know, the insurance happened. So, you yeah. know, I just pushed you back a couple months. Not even a couple months, just a month. And it's just like, I just, I'm just excited, like, the endless possibilities that I'm about to just ink my whole body up with different portraits. And like, and he had a whole bunch of anime drawings too. So I'm definitely yeah. gonna animate stuff on my body because yeah. as we talked about in the past, uh, we big anime fans. Like all the shit that he had going on was just like, damn, this shit just relaxing, it's just chill. Like, nigga, I was just, I felt, I felt at peace of mind just in that whole environment. And dude was talented as fuck. Like the the shit he got on Quan was came out great, and like his whole Instagram page, he just he know what he doing. Yeah, hold on. Let me find his Instagram page. I feel like we hyping this man up, and I feel like they not really, they not really uh taking in and captivating everything that we're saying. They're not yeah. really appreciating yeah. my experience. So if you want to see his Instagram, it's the real Picasso, and that's the underscore real underscore Picasso. And he got some dope art on there. If you're a Dragon Ball Z fan, he's definitely got a lot of Dragon Ball Z art. He's done produced and created. He got some Nipsey Hustle murals that he's produced. Some, some uh, Malcolm X. Malcolm he X. got, he got everything. You know, and it's dope. It's it's fucking dope what he can do and what he can create. And we talked about him in his own creative space and what gets him going. And his method is his method, and that shit working. I I vibed with it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I vibed with it. But oh, and then also seeing my girl. That was cool. We kicked it for like a hot. <laughs> you just threw that in there, like yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I forgot where we was at with this one, but this is a long intro. But you know, seeing my girl was cool. It was a good vibe. You know, she she it's was gone. <laughs> yeah, but I'm talking about when I was at the crib. Oh yeah, I know. It's been a month though. We got you know we got to catch him up. On yeah, everything. we got to catch him up. Yeah, got to catch him up on everything. So she wasn't there the whole time I was home, and 
which which was fine. But every time I come home, I, I get to see her. And she got back in. This was Labor Day weekend, that Monday. And I was leaving that Monday. And we spent like a good two hours together. And it was cool. I think uh-huh. probably like the yeah the best part about my trip was coming home and then playing two square with her in the middle of the street. Like that just that just gave me like a real nostalgic feeling and like a vibe of like damn my childhood, but it's reality right now. And it's like I don't know, bro. It's some it's some love story shit, <laughs> and I like it. So it's a vibe. Still, so what you're saying is you're in love. Yeah, I'm I'm probably in love, bro. We do a lot of like Are you drunk in love? Or are you in love, love? Are you loving basketball love? Love Jones love? The wood love? What love? Would you describe your love right now? Um Hustling Bug. Hustling Bug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, straight up though, because we doing we we be doing different stuff that that adds spice and creativity to our relationship. So while we've been gone, you know, we started this new thing where we write each other letters and we mail them. Oh, I was like, oh, okay, okay. I, I didn't know where that was going for a second. I was like, whoa, oh. all right, we got it. This is, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this is not one of those podcasts, bro. We don't need to know all of that. No, 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 man. Everything that happened, everything that happened there stayed between me and her. You feel me? Okay, good, good. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we we started this uh this new deal where we write each other letters. It all came from my idea. I was just kicking it, you know. We were just talking, and I was like, "Man, what would happen if I didn't have a cell phone anymore? If I just cut myself off of social media and just you know went rogue and just did my own thing? Who would who would still reach out and communicate with me? Because I ain't go nowhere. I still live in the same spot. You know what I'm saying? So you can write me a letter." You can you can pull up on me, but I don't know how far that would extend to. But then I was like, ah, nah, niggas need jobs, niggas need to know like <laughs> different forms. Like cell phones make stuff easier. Work. Yeah, like got to promote. Yeah, social media helps with a lot of stuff. But then she was like, hold on, wait, let's let's try that. Let's try that letter deal. I'm like, All right, if you for real, then we can do that. So eventually, we just started doing it, and what well, we've sent, I think, two letters each. Okay. To each other, the uh, so during that time period, it's just been real cool getting those letters. Like that's exciting because yeah, we she actually sent through the mail. Yeah. Oh shit! So y'all yeah. checking the old school, old school. Yeah, like okay. like real, like that's you don't shit. know, you don't know when it's coming. It's gonna appear, and you're like, oh, like that yeah. whole like excitement feel and everything. So that's been real cool. It's like, oh yeah, like, cute as hell. Look at y'all. Man. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like reading it. It, it kind of like takes you into a moment of like, sir. I don't know, man. I don't even know what the word is, but it it puts you in that space where you just sitting there like, damn, this this what she thinking? Mm-hmm. All right, babe, let me reply to this directly, and then add a little little smidgen on to something else, and then the conversation just grows, and the letters become more in depth and everything, and it's kind of cool because we don't talk about it at all. It's like the shit not happening for real. Okay. I mean, we might be like, hey, don't call me right now. I'm writing your letter. All right. Okay. Yeah. Do your thing, but. It ain't like, man, remember what you said in the letter? This yeah, letter. like, yeah, like, what, what, or, you want? what you meant by that? Like, hold on, what's going on? You said nah. you were, like, hold yeah. on. <laughs> it's all in the letter, bro. It's all in the letter. And I think, you know, as our relationship grows, those letters, you know, become more in-depth and they'll become a lot more of them. So we, then we can just, like, line them up, trace them up and, like, bro, look how this conversation yeah, grew. Have a notebook feel after, after that shit. Yeah. So that's, so that's pretty cool. That's, that's legit. I like that. Yeah. So that, thank you. So that's, um... My time away. 
yeah, so that's gonna be cool. Um, started making more smoothies. That shit been hype. Got into the sea moss gig. I'm gonna get too much on the sea moss idea. If you don't know what sea moss is, check it out. Look it up. Do some um, research on Doctor Savy. He'll he'll teach you something. You will learn something, and then you're gonna see the perspective of your diet and how that is affecting your life and how you aren't where you want to be because you aren't eating what you need to eat to succeed. So, yeah, tap into that. They killed Dr. Seb because he was teaching health. Rest man. in peace, Nipsey Hussle. Rest in peace, Nipsey Hussle. And rest, rest in peace, Dr. Sebi as well, man. Rest in peace, Dr. Sebi, for sure. All right. So, before we kick off episode six, that was a... How long is these niggas taking on the intro? <laughs> <laughs> you know, now we get into a different realm now. Um, before we kick it off... I want to, this month is Suicide Prevention Month, the month of September. So, with that being said, let me crack into my usual ad that I do. But we're going to twist it up a little bit. Um, first of all, I want to say rest in peace to one of my dear friends, David Brown. Um, what was it, 2013 or 2014, one of the two, he took his life in suicide. Um, that was That was, I think, my firsthand experience of dealing with somebody who I knew personally, who took that effort to go about their life. That was challenging. That was a hard experience. That was my best friend's cousin. So I knew him for a long time, like close like that. So he was like family because my best friend's like family. So your family, my family, my family, your family. And that was hard to see. That was hard to experience and to cope with and understand. And I could see how that's been affecting his family and everything. And I don't want to guilt anybody who... Or shame anyone who's thinking of committing suicide or or taking that attempts on their life. But just think twice, man. Think think three times, four times. And when you get to that fourth thought, go ahead and get yourself some help. Go ahead and talk to somebody. I know sometimes it may feel uncomfortable or feeling like you may be weak or fragile. But this world is tough, man. It's, it's, this world is full of idiots. It's full of bigots, hypocrites, hostile people. But also this... This world is also filled with compassionate people who are empathetic, who care about you, who want to see you go on and move forward in life and help you get to the place that you need to be. And if you're thinking about either killing yourself or you have any like harsh depression or even light depression or you just want to work something out, check out psychologytoday.com and find you a counselor or a therapist near you who is fitted for you and that can help you get to where you need to be. Because our mental health is mental wealth and mental wealth is so important because if you ain't got wealth in your life, then it's going to be a struggle and it's understood. You know, if you know anybody who's thinking about committing suicide or you might be concerned about, pass on the, the suicide prevention hotline to them at 1-800-273- 8255. That's 1 800 273 8255. Jedi. Definitely, no. Yeah, rest in peace, uh, Rebs, man. He was a good yeah. dude. Man, that was my nigga, bro. Real good dude. <laughs> he, man, he was, man. Real good dude, man. Man. Uh, yeah, man. Shit, man. Yeah, man. Shit, uh, shit, shit. yeah. Also, uh, rest in peace out, Michael Burnett. He just passed away. Good dude from high school. Yeah. That was a sad situation. Yeah, man. That, that yeah. was sad to see. That was yeah, sad to see. We got a lot of people from my high school that just passed away and just, like, 
you know, off of, or, or, you know, bullshit circumstances, you know, or just being at the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. And it's actually sad. And then it's just like, you got to really take a step back sometimes to really just appreciate life. Appreciate getting to a certain age. Like, I really appreciate being 24 because it's like, looking back, like, I've been seeing a lot of people just come and go. And it's crazy. But, you know, uh, but we still out here doing it for them, and we still out here putting uh, good, spreading good in their name, and it's just trying to make the best uh, out of this life as what we can, which is which we know they that what they would have done if they were still here. So yeah. shout out to everybody that have died in the past, and uh, we're gonna keep it moving forward and uh, keep it going. The marathon continues. The marathon continues. All right, listeners, I hope you. Got those vibes, shake them out. You know, I'm shaking mine out, you feel me? And we're about to get into what we're about to get into. So, first is Johnson and Johnson. Johnson and Johnson. Johnson and Johnson. You know, the baby lotion, Johnson and Johnson. That Johnson and Johnson. (laughs) That Johnson and Johnson. Baby oil, baby powder and all that shit. Baby powder. Shout out to Grant. Grant A. That's the first time I met Grant. (laughs) Not the first time, but like, I think it was the first time I met him. It was like seventh grade. He was in seventh grade, I was in eighth grade, in the real basketball, and he had like a little boxing shirt on. Say like, baby powder on the back. Like I said, it was his nickname for boxing. Baby powder. Ask ask him about that. Anybody listening to this, ask Grant about baby powder. Subscribe <laughs> <laughs> to G Bird on YouTube. G Bird. Hey, and he just dropped some fire t-shirts, man. I can't wait to rock mine. Man, it's gonna be it's gonna be hype. But anyway, back to the topic. I actually forgot it. Money hoes, I'm shit. Oh, yeah, I'm reminded. Oh, yeah, I found it. <laughs> Johnson & Johnson is ordered to pay $572 million to Norman, Oklahoma. Why, you ask? Because of the opioid crisis that has taken place in Oklahoma and that has swarmed across America. This is a huge epidemic that people have been saying. You know, this trial has been going on for seven weeks, and this money will be used for services and treatment that will be going on. More than 400,000 people have died from the painkillers, heroin, and illegal fentanyl since 1999. Now, this is a lot of people. This has swarmed through the country at rates that a lot of people haven't seen before, and a lot of people are frightened and scared by it. So what do they do? Attack the people who who started this, right? And it seems, and it seems about right. You know, we got 40 other states that are lined up to take take action on this. You know, they they've seen their communities go into destruction and the fail and tank and fall in the process. And they're and they're ready to to take legal action about this. You know, there are over 40 states lined up, nearly 2000 cities, counties, Native American tribes that are going to take place in fighting against Johnson and Johnson and other drug companies in the month of October. And. A lot of a lot of people felt safe taking these drugs because they were highly regulated by the FDA, the DEA and state authorities. But beyond those initiatives, there was marketing. The marketing scheme behind Johnson and Johnson misinformed a lot of people. You know, they never told people how addictive that these drugs can be, how harmful it can be and how this can really mess up your life and turn something so simple as breaking a leg or having surgery until you now becoming a drug addict because you had to take some opioid or opiates to to cure your pain or to help 
you know, heal over time. They also gave misinformation to doctors and told them to prescribe more and more, knowing that it would lead to abuse and addiction and misuse and death and crime amongst these cities across our country. Now, a lot of people feel like this is the right step. This is the right action. I'm, I'm one of those people that, that rock with that. But I'm also one of those people that, you know, I'm kind of feeling like, yeah, 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 because of, of a lot of reasons. But yeah, what you what you what you thinking about that so far, P. Davis? Bro, they really got a prescription opioid pill and a fentanyl skin patch. Yeah, like they actually like, man. <laughs> so it's basically like they uh, getting paid to do to sell illegal drugs, which a corner boy can be popped and sentenced to jail for if they had it on their own. Straight up. And that's what I'm in about. And that's basically how the government has always been. Yep. So it's like really nothing new. Like just like a couple months ago, we heard about Chase Bank being seized with over like a t- shit load of uh, cocaine. Was it? Right. Yeah. And it was like Chase Bank. Nah. Not like, Chase Bank. Think about this. It, like who else there? We not importing that shit here. Johnson Johnson literally selling this shit prescription wise it's like it's like it's really sad though because like people actually getting addicted to these drugs and they're actually becoming addicts and it's not a good sign like uh the, the lawsuit is great 572 million they want more they asked for more hopefully uh they can do justice with the money or with the uh with the program to get that shit fixed because uh johnson and johnson clearly knew what they was doing they originally asked for $17.5 billion over 30 years for treatment. Whew, that probably would have did it right there. Johnson & Johnson can afford it. What? They the biggest king fan <laughs> out right now. And look, they, they are the real drug lords. Right. If anybody out here in the streets, you know what I'm saying, dabbling and dibbling, selling from the little weight you sell, and you have aspirations of becoming a, a drug lord, kingpin, whatever, man, go... Man, go Go ahead and go talk to Johnson and Johnson real quick. Yeah, just Google Johnson and Johnson. They out here selling their shit out here to the public, and it's well known. They literally have an opioid pill hidden in the streets that you can get from anywhere, and it's not illegal. <laughs> Think about that. And that shit crazy, man. And, it, and it's crazy how now the narrative or the idea is like, oh, no, this is a crisis, which it is. This is a crazy epidemic, which which it is. Oh my God, the world needs to stop, pause, and freeze. But what the hell was this when our communities was getting hit and stricken hard with crack and heroin? Nobody, and it was like, nah, man, lock them niggas up. Go ahead, put them, put them behind the chain gang. They wanted us locked up. They put even more liquor stores in our neighborhood. Right. It was just like, they was just trying to get us the fuck up out of here. That's all it was, because uh, wasn't no nigga from the hood flying overseas to get no uh, crack. Cocaine? Like, no, people didn't even have passports for real. <laughs> like, they, like, you watch the show Snowfall. That's a good show. I like that show. We're literally showing how dirty the uh, DEA, CIA, or whoever, really being a drug kingpin and supplying the African-American man the supplies to sell to his community. 
when at the end of the day, it's their jobs to lock all these drug dealers up. But they're working with everyone. It's shit crazy. And um, seeing shit like that, it's like, well, that's definitely how shit was done back in the day. Because it makes totally sense now. Right. Now, I don't see why, if we had that approach to be hard on drug dealers back in the day, why wouldn't it be that same approach now with Johnson & Johnson? Why wouldn't Johnson & Johnson CEO or executives have to go to spend time in prison or their marketing scheme or their or their their chemist like somebody I don't I don't think 572 million dollars is really hurting them for real hell no you see they just uh, finally got uh, the guy who sold Mac Miller the uh, fentanyl laced uh, drugs they finally got him they locking them up yeah, and it's like, damn, keep that same energy with these big-ass corporations that's literally out here selling this shit to the public. And it's like, what's like the difference is this is a multi-billion-dollar company compared to a high-level drug dealer who only went to jail because of the person that was affected by it. Right. That's the only reason. And like, like what Bob Marley said, I shot the sheriff, but I did not shoot the deputy. Bro, that's strong. And the thing about this, like, bro, we attacking the little people, you know, the little guy on the street who's who's pushing 400 pills, pushing <laughs> a couple thousand pills. Yeah, that's hurting that community. Yeah, stop them by any means. But let's not neglect the idea that the they are getting these drugs from somewhere. <laughs> Someone has created these. <laughs> That are pushing out thousands. We ain't no chemists. Millions. <laughs> right. Millions of pills. Like that are in a lab creating this. They're literally making their own. They literally make pills like on a daily. Like they got cartoon different pills. Like they do cartoon characters, uh, sneakers. They even had a Nipsey Hustle drug. Like it's like, damn, they can make a pill out of anything nowadays. And there's drugs yeah. and these people used to get fucked up. And it's really sad because we're not doing that shit, but somehow we're the ones that keep getting locked up, the low-level drug dealers. Right. And it's like somebody got to take the fall for it somehow, and it's always the middleman or the low-level drug dealers that's selling it. It's never the ones that's creating. It's never the ones who's fronting. And it's always those big-ass corporations that's actually doing the front and actually doing the loan call to uh, supplying the communities with the drugs. And... This really wouldn't be going down in black communities if there were job opportunities and other access to stuff going on and around, you know, in in the book, The New Jim Crow, Michelle Alexander touched on before that whole crack ever happened. It was literally strategically planned for it to go the way it went. You know, a lot of a lot of people, a lot of black men worked in factory jobs and. We know back then men were the breadwinners of the household and took care of all the financial bills and situations. Those jobs get pushed overseas or closed down. Nobody has a job. Back in the day, they wasn't hiring black folk. They ain't not hiring black folk today. But back then, they really wasn't hiring black folk unless you was cleaning toilets and shit. And that's not enough to provide for your family. You know what I'm saying? And especially if your family is bigger or larger. You know, it's one man, woman, let's say three, four kids in the house. How you going to... Make a living off cleaning toilets. Facts. Fuck that. Let me go get this work real quick. <laughs> That's going to feed real quick. Mm-hmm. From my community. 
Oh, she pregnant? I don't care. I saw right. anybody. And now it's like we look in our community and it's like, man, let's lock them up, lock them up, lock them up, lock them up. But it's like, all right, if they didn't have this opportunity to make money this way, because we live in a capitalistic society where you need money to breathe, essentially. And it's and it's fucked up that it's that way, but it's that way. And it's literally know? like the cost of living is going up every year. So it's like people got to make changes to get that money. Right. And it's like you look at this, the situation in the climate, you got little kids out here who parents ain't got money and they just trickle down. It's like, nah, I need to get money. I can't eat. What do you whoop? I need to get it however I fucking can. Mm-hmm. However I fuck, fuck morality, because where was morality when I was hungry? Where exactly. was morality when I was cold? Like, exactly. And I think people people look and think it's a simple answer of just, hey, man, just, just say no. Just don't <laughs> do it. You got this. Bootstraps, you know? <laughs> no, nah, man, like there's, there's a systematic problem with this shit. And it just falls in a place where you just think like, man, Shit don't really become an epidemic or a crisis or an issue unless it's affecting the middle middle America white citizen. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, we was on our community was on crack, fucking killing each other, robbing from each other, raping each other, like stealing from people like out of businesses, all types of shit. And it was just like, oh, mm, send them to jail, lock them up. Now you got people in in prison fucking having withdrawals. <laughs> <laughs> Not getting any help. You know, or that might be the first since like the first time they ever get help. Is cold turkey. Get your ass clean, boy. Like Exactly. They selling that bitch tripping like damn, like what is this? Yeah, like it's over. I, I don't know how long. Man, how the fuck did I get here? Yeah, like where <laughs> am I at? <laughs> yeah, I, I ain't have a clear mind since since how five years get, ago. Yeah, how did I get here, bro? I was strung out like that. Yeah, Man. but then you know Johnson and Johnson, hey, just just pay us five, seven, make, give us a cut. <laughs> yeah, give us give a little us small, a give, give us that little lump sum right there, which we know y'all can afford, and then some. And it's like. Going about your business and still sell the same opioid drugs to the uh, people and still sell that fat and all skin patch. Right. And, it's, and all it's going to be is just a warning label. Yep. Just a little warning label. Take it at your own risk. Take it at your own risk. And it's, it's like, not going to stop nobody. Right. Motherfucker, I know my risk. I'm here now. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> I mean, it's the reason I got this shit. Come on now. Right. And I, I don't know, man. That's just, this is hard to see sometimes because it's just like, bro. This is America. This is America, man. Or even like the whole jewel situation. They banning jewels, but neglecting that cigarettes are the root to all of this shit. <laughs> I'm gonna ban a jewel. Okay, cool. Now we're all gonna be back smoking cigarettes and yeah, Michigan is doing a uh, banning a vape pen and all that shit. Like, okay, what was this one? Yeah, you're right. It's like because now that these uh. Again, white teenagers are doing too much vaping. It's like it's like let's let's not do that. But they're still going to smoke cigarettes. Cigarettes is one of the most profitable business in the U.S. and all over the world through nicotine. So therefore, they're never going to stop selling cigarettes. And then, and then what we see when I remember when I was a little shorty, how that whole that whole wave, that marketing wave of oh damn, my lip. 
it's gone. My lungs are done. I got a hole in my neck. I talk mm-hmm. like this now because of cigarettes. Don't do it, kids. And those were paid by the tobacco industry to market mm-hmm. those, you know. Mm-hmm. And they're still here. But only thing that's different now is that warning label smacked on that thing. Like, hey, this does could cause cancer. This could kill you. This is deadly. If you're pregnant, don't do it. <laughs> Maybe addictive. Maybe addictive. And it's just like, oh, they still here. They still they still getting that money. <laughs> So then I'm just saying, like, hey, this this opioid shit, man, they still gonna be getting this money. And it's just like the disparities of the treatment between certain people and subgroups in this country kinda like lead to like a huge frustration within myself. Like looking at the college admission scandal with uh Felicity Huffman. Talking about the one from Desperate Housewives? Yeah, not. Nah, oh. no, was she from Desperate Oh, Yeah, she was on Desperate Housewives. Was she in Weeds? No, she wasn't in Weeds. No, no, no. She was in Desperate Housewives. Yep, you're right. You're right. That was my show. I ain't gonna hold you. I ain't gonna lie. So I shut show too. Hey, I started watching <laughs> that show Fresh Me <laughs> with Kirk. Hey, let's find us a, a Netflix special that we all can watch. But make sure it's like something we ain't never seen. And I was the only one. And we was like, hey, this ain't leaving this room. That we watched. <laughs> But now it's left the room. Yeah, Eva Longoria was so fine in that. Man, I wish I was her garden boy, goddamn. Man, I'm... what? She was take, <laughs> she was doing a thing with the garden boy, boy. Man. But back to the topic. <laughs> back to the topic. Actually forgot it. <laughs> but she getting 14 days in prison with like a what was the she had to pay thirty thousand dollar fine as part of her sentence. Mm-hmm. Thirty thousand dollars in fourteen days, bro. For a college admission scandal where basically she wasn't the ringleader to all of this or the mastermind behind it. That's someone else. That's um let me let me get his name. Rick Singer. You know, who who orchestrated all of this and understood what college are looking for and what scholarships and opportunities were open that you could just apply for and get them, but doing it in an illegal way. And she's a this is a whole scandal with a bunch of celebrities and rich folk that has been doing this for years. And she's like, oh, I'm just looking for the best opportunity for my child. Blah, blah, blah. Shut that shit up. Like, shut all that up because this is an opportunity that you only getting because you're rich and you don't deserve it. Mm. You know? And Damn, that's on- and it boosted their SAT scores? Yes. <sighs> so they getting into the best colleges overall by paying and uh, just plotting, just scanning the whole system. Right. Scanning... It's a big scam. And these colleges, I don't know how they figured this all out. I don't know. But there's a, there's a, there are many students out there that have missed opportunities to go to school because they didn't get accepted. And these kids got accepted instead. Now, we don't know if they would have got accepted on their own merit, if it would have been like, oh, I got in anyway. They just did it anyway. But then you got people complaining about affirmative action, where it's like, we need more equitable access to this world for minorities, black people, Hispanic people, Asians, foreigners, to have that same right and access to success. But that shit is skimmed away by people doing shit like this. But then you got a lot of a lot of people like, man, Mexicans are taking my jobs. Mm-hmm. Or black people are taking up my jobs or my opportunities and all these foreign and immigrants. Be- like, bro, it's happening in front. Like, it, there it is. That's what it, that's what's taking your job. This is what's taking your opportunity. Not not a dude from India coming over here to 
to have a better, more free life or somebody from Asia who wants a less dictated life or somebody from Mexico or any Southern American country that wants a better life. These people already got a better life. <laughs> and they just use their influence and their money just to get their kids into the best schools to continue their foundation, to continue that their family legacies continue getting that money. So that's a college mission scandal. But like that also what I thought about was is <coughs> how uh the the athletics department is always this is a big scandal too. Getting these athletes to their uh, schools. Yep. Like with uh NC State paying Dennis Smith all that money, DeAndre Ayton getting paid, all these basketball players, all these football players are Ladies and gentlemen, they're getting paid. Yeah. Most of the time to come to these schools. They're getting taken care of. So with that's a scandal, big scandal as it as it is, as it on right there. Cause like once the public finds out these coaches are getting fired, but it's still like that's just the NCAA is just crooked whatsoever, crooked. like all around. And that's why we was just going back into like how we should start putting back into our community with the HBCUs. Uh-huh. And it's, it's just going back to that conversation. It's like, so you telling me that uh, these kids are getting their SAT scores boosted, their uh, parents are paying their own admissions to get into the school, so I'm getting denied my chance because I'm probably having a better grade or probably having a less SAT score because this uh, – Guy, uh, mother has more money than my parents, so therefore they have a better opportunity to get into the school than me. It should never be the case. Where the bootstraps on that? Huh? I said, where the bootstraps on that? Exactly. Like that should that should never be the case, man. It's really sad that that's the type of world that we live in. So where you got to cheat to get ahead, but it's probably been like this from the beginning, and that's yeah. how these families stay in the position that they in. So it's just they got caught. But I guarantee you it's another program still continuing just like the one that just got caught. And right. it's still athletes getting paid just to go to these schools that just ain't been getting caught. So right. it's just going to be continual revolving door with the NCAA and scandals that ain't gonna, never going to change. Right. Well, this, what, made, what this made me think about was the unfair sentencing with this. So, the opioid crisis, $572 million. What do you fucking do? 14 days, $30,000, 250 hours of community service. What do you fucking do? Like, mm. you basically get two weeks of prison time with just, you're going to, she's going to get treated very well in there. She's going to, she's not about to go to prison where it's like max security, where she's in there with rapists and murderers and people who, have done some serious issues. Like it's gonna be should be in a position that they deserve to be in. <laughs> right. She she basically just got grounded. Yeah. She just got grounded for two weeks, basically. I had a bunch of stories, so. But now it got me thinking about Khalif Broder. Mm. Accused of stealing a book bag, bro. Gets three years and case drop. Served three years. Mm. And then ultimately went through so many different things. You know, he was a kid, you know, 16 years old, still developing his identity, still developing on who he is to this world as a person. His brain was still developing. Right. And that was all altered while being in prison and, and 
and destroyed really in a sense like he had he had no peace of mind after that experience you know went out back into the real world spoke his piece you know some people cheered for him some people applauded but then eventually took his own life you know it was too much just from that traumatic experience and it's just like this man got three years waiting a trial Waiting a trial to just to prove if he did or he, or he did not, and then it was just like for a book bag though, for a book bag. But now Shorty over here and everybody else, they getting their kids in, flooding, doing all types of fraud. Like if I was to go to the bank and lie about a bunch of shit to get a bunch of money, I'm going to oh, prison. Oh, they coming! <laughs> I'm going to prison. They coming. If I was on the corner, if I was in the crib cooking up some shit. I was about to just have this whole country strung out. <laughs> I, I'm going to probably get, not probably, I'm going to get life. And if I'm in a country that's going to, or I'm in a state that's going to uphold the death penalty, I'm getting the death penalty. <laughs> they taking me out. They had enough of me. They had enough of Jedi Master Kwan. His Jedi mind tricks is too crazy for us. We got to get him off <laughs> this fucking earth. That's what's happening. But... When we play these color lines or this little division, we don't get that that same look or that same expectations. And that shit is kind of like, not kind of, but it is fucked up, mm-hmm. you know? And we highlight these people who who do this. Johnson & Johnson. They're going to, they're going to, that's a forever thing. Yep. People, people desire to work for Johnson & Johnson in their respective field. Like, I want to work for Johnson & Johnson and do this and whoop de whoop Biggest drug company on earth right now. No, they the real kingpins. They get the real money out here. Right. People desire to go to college and make a better way of their life. Thank you, Rick Singer, fixing that for people. And then also people desire to just live their life and have access to shit. Khalif Browder didn't have access to shit. Couldn't live his life. And that's just messed up, man. That's just messed up. But I do want to highlight that I think... um. A few, a few important people been listening to our podcast because the last episode I mentioned um, Black Detroit, that book, and about learning about you know the streets, the roads, and what in Michigan is named after what. Mm-hmm. And we've seen a significant change, like a staple in Detroit, change his name, and that is Cobo Hall. Yep. You know, it was Cobo Hall named after um, what was it named after? It was a, a segregationist. Um, a mayor segregationist in from what 1950 to 1957 somebody that it should have been updated a long time ago right who ran on segregationist platform and destroyed african-american neighborhoods and <laughs> tf bank um bought the name or whatever and it changed it to T, uh tcf not tf bank tcf center and that's like a huge change and that's going on I think, in my perspective, of like psychological subconscious stuff that go on. It's like we read names. People people die in Detroit. People die over neighborhoods, but really they dying over a segregationist. You know, they dying over some racist people who wanted to see you enslaved. Them them people up there dead laughing like, man, they down there acting a fool. Like even one of our most prominent high schools in the city. Cast Tech is named after a racist racist yep. dude. And it's like nobody really knows that. Nobody really checks in on the history of that. Exactly. You know, Wayne State. 
that whole campus has a whole bunch of racist people. Of things course. are named after, and it's just like, man, that's that's ugly. That's real ugly to just throw in people's faces. You know what I'm saying? And that's why people got to do their research of who they're uh, looking up to, or what what they walking into on campus, and like these people names, and got to just check their backstory. Because like I never knew going to the Cobo Center like. It was ran, it was named after somebody who ran segregation like in the fifties. Like what type of shit? Like come on, man, I should never been his name the name in the first place. In the but first since, place. But since it was built so long ago, and that was the mindset back then, it was cool because in AI, it was probably like he did nothing wrong. Right. But looking at it back, back to now, it's like, what were we thinking naming this center after that man? Right. Like, Cass Tech, name after Lewis Cass, was a Michigan territorial governor from 1813 to 1831 and regarded as one of the state's founding fathers. <laughs> as a governor decades from Michigan's statehood in 1837, Cass championed the principle of popular sovereignty and letting individual territories decide whether to permit slavery. He sought the Democratic nomination for president in 1948 on a platform of letting southern states decide whether to maintain slavery. What'd that sound like? <laughs> a big ass racist dude that used a slavery to get the vote popular vote exactly and hopefully you know cast tech look into that and move along with tcf bank and just decide like hey let's put some they're, more empowerment into this they're gonna have to for sure because cast tech is like a there's like they damn near a brand with their own with their being a staple in detroit for football and everything so it's just like the more attention that's being caused to it the more that people want to start second guessing like i don't know if i want to go to the school unless they uh, get a name change you know what i'm saying so you know hopefully uh it does change it soon and it's definitely for the best. Do I see it happening? I definitely see it happening soon. Is it going to happen? Hopefully so. When it should have happened, it should have, it should have been happening already. Right. Facts. But not even too much pressure on Cast Tech. I don't want to put too much pressure on them because we do got Cast Ave in Detroit. That name should be changed. Yep. Or the Cast State Office Building in Lansing, the yep. Cast City and Cast River. In Cass County in Southwest Michigan. It's a lot of stuff named Cass. Yeah, so like looking at that, need to change, bro. Kobo Hall, thank you. Thank you, TCF Bank, for empowering the people and changing that name and recognizing that there needs to be a shift and a change, not only consciously, but subconsciously. So now, if I ever if I ever birth children into this world, they'll never know what the hell Kobo Hall is. They'll know TCF Center. Exactly. And then they'll go from there. So I really appreciate it. that's big ups to them, you know. So thank you all for listening to the to the podcast TCF Bank. I appreciate y'all <laughs> for for hearing that we need to change our our history. I appreciate it. And it's only a small step. Well, it's a big step, but it's a big step of many more steps that needs to change in Michigan. But it's gonna take a long time because uh, Michigan is a red state. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So unfortunately, we do live. Well, I do live in a red state. Hey, I'm in Tennessee, bro. <laughs> That's another red state. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, I was I was definitely ashamed looking at the uh, vote results from uh, this past election when Trump won. It was just like, damn, I live in a red state. It kind of makes sense now. The way the cops, the way the people go about their business, they show their true colors, and it's been like that ever since. 
Facts. All right. So we're going to tap off the political talk for a minute. I'm pretty sure y'all heard enough of that. We're going to get into um, we're gonna touch fantasy football or NFL or college football expectations. Let's talk about fantasy football, man. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm excited for the upcoming season, man. I started off 1-0. Uh, I demolished Phillip team. <laughs> <laughs> Got in Phillip ass, man. You know, and I won my other league game. Uh Want to know in both leagues, man? You know, it's uh, it's 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 expected for me. You know, it's it's just something I do. Last year, I went fourteen and one, won the championship. You know, I don't like to brag, but I do this shit. Mm. You know, uh, I got a mm. good team. I got a good team this year. You know, I got Deshaun Watson at quarterback. You know, I had Antonio Brown as the second pick, but uh, the way that's going right now, I don't know. I'm gonna yeah, have to just wait and see. Got to wait and see what Antonio Brown, but uh. Also, I just got a lot of weapons. You know, I got the Jets defense. I got LaShawn McCoy, Mark Ingram, James Conner. It's looking, it's looking, and I got Josh Gordon and Lamar Jackson as a backup quarterback. So it's looking kind of up for me this year. And I'm excited to see how the season holds and hopefully I can win this money. Those of you who don't know, a lot of times people do play fantasy football, like $50 buy-ins, $40 buy-ins, $100 buy-ins, you know, and at the end of the year, it's a large amount of money that can be collected by just owning a fantasy team but like it's like we being the owners for our team if we was to be in the like you know for future sales and NFL like owning the roster it's like it's a great game to play we absolutely have no control over it only thing that we control is putting our players in the right position to uh, get the points and being in our starting lineup it's, I love it I love it I love uh, pay, actually paying close attention to all the games because without fantasy football I feel like I probably want to watch as much football like around the league I would definitely continue just to watch my favorite teams but with fantasy football you keep an eye on every game every uh, stats you know every defense and it's just it's like it's fun to you know sit at home you know watch football look at your scores you know make sure your player doing this and that and it's definitely invested yeah you invested in your time and everything and it's definitely the shit uh good to uh shit talk people that you're going against like you know it's definitely because you obviously have no control over winning this game like right you have no (laughs) fucking control you just sitting there like man i hope i hope they hand him the ball soon yeah like don't put the ball and get a touchdown yeah Yeah, man. You, like, you live we take this. We take this fantasy shit serious, though. Serious like, for real. This, this is a good game, you know. And uh, you know, uh, hopefully, I win it again this year, man. What's what, like? Uh, how you feeling about your team this year? My team, my team's solid, bro. Um, excuse me. I had a pretty good draft. Pretty good draft, better than I've done in the years before. But in the years before, that I mean, was... he cheated and got the first pick. But we hold up, hold up, man. Look, one. <clears throat> All right, so listeners. I have one team this year because I am the commissioner of this league. That calls that's, that's, for a, that's that's a big job. If you that's a that's a that's a big job. It's a huge job. I have to manage ten divas, including myself, on making sure everything is ran right and, and right. correct <laughs> on my standards and their standards of what fantasy football should look like. Exactly. As you heard, my homeboy, my co-host P. Davis, go on about what fantasy football means to him. That's all true all facts and probably some more on top of that he could add and so i only got one team but the whole draft situation that was bullshit because i was just minding my business i knew <laughs> i had the seventh pick of the draft and i was like okay when the draft opened i went in and it was like oh you're in the draft and it was like first pick and i was like hold up and as phil sent that text i was typing a text like y'all i don't know what 
and then feel <laughs> Quan cheating, whole ass nigga. Oh, I'm like, man. then everybody, bloop, 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 whole ass nigga. What the fuck is this, man? I ain't playing in this league, man. Fuck this league. I'm like, bro, I I don't know what just happened. So we just dealt with it because it would just free randomize everybody's spot, and I just saw having to be first. And I hate the first pick to begin with because you get the first pick and then the twentieth pick. And it's pressure on who you're going to get first. So I'm like, I don't want the first and then the 20th because it's like, y'all feel that gap between all the better players in between. Then I'm like, bro, what the hell? Exactly. I don't like that. And I don't know. I just thought that was whack as hell. So I don't know. A lot of people but, thought it was whack as hell. Yeah. That you got mm-hmm. the first pick. Yeah. But, you know, I'm 1-0 and in this thing. I didn't have... I got uh I had an injury first week, but luckily we was good. You know, we, we made it through that injury. He was he was predicted to give me like twenty plus points, but he didn't he got me four because he injured and left the first quarter of the game. But the rest of my team held through and, and made it made sure I was solid in the process. Got a solid team, man. I ain't gonna go go in too much to who I got on my squad. I don't think they really care too much, but I got them on my squad, man. <laughs> He ain't got no squad for a killer like I do, man. I, I'm expecting to see, man. I, t- I took third last year in the league. Then I took first. My thing. He lost to me in the playoffs. That's cool, my baby. <laughs> it's cool. We're gonna be. Back. I mean, he hey, hold on. For revenge. I skipped over this question today. Upset about myself, but we're gonna bring it back. Run that shit back, Turbo. And you already know what question I'm gonna ask. Uh-huh. And we're going to resume back to NFL and football talk too Because we got more to talk about Antonio Brown In that situation We got our bitch fuck yous coming up too Don't miss our bitch fuck yous Y'all going to love them So P. Davis you know my question man And for the listeners I, I wanted more generational perspective On some things This is an idea I've been in between about Over this past month It's a two part question What is one thing from generational Generation X that isn't true anymore and for those who don't know who Generation X is, that is our parents' generation, the generation before us. Um, if you're listening to this, you're probably a millennial or you're Generation Z. Millennials are all born from 1981 to 1996. Everybody after 1997 and um, Z and whatever else is next. I mean, yeah. But a lot of times people confuse Generation Z with, with millennials because people don't like to think past millennials. But we special. We unique. We different. So, P. Davis, I'll answer it off of what, what is one thing, Generation X, from Generation X that isn't true anymore today. And for myself. Hold on. For me. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, for me, it's like uh, from our from that generation, it's like you don't have to uh, go into a job and just stay at that particular job and try to move up no more. Because, you know, a lot of times, uh, a lot of our parents and stuff, they've been at one job, like, their whole lives. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like... Uh, you don't got to do that no more. It's like you can you can like get a new job every year. A lot of people just stay at a job for four years, leaving another one. Probably a year when you go to another one. There's people like me that's always looking for somebody, something that's paying more. You know, and uh, going to this job, going to that job. You know, just skipping around until they find something that fits them. So that's definitely something I feel like that's not true anymore. That you don't gotta stay in the uh, organization that long to make it like. Uh, for the long call it's just like 
you know, a lot of times that generation stayed at a job too long and which probably made them kind of miserable, but Facts. they didn't know no other way and no other job too. And that's when the digital age caught up them with computers. A lot of people were stuck without jobs because they didn't adapt. Mm-hmm. And that's true, man. That's kind of like what I was going to say to that question. Basically, career. You know, careers are all different and they change. Like, like you said, you can go into one job and then work your way up today is kind of different and we see that and we see that's not the same case anymore so like our parents they can be 18 and have that actual decision school military work what what should i do and it was like all three of them could really take you to wherever you wanted to be in life exactly and you could be successful but now today is like if i graduate high school and i go to get a job it's gonna be tough for me to actually experience that and live that because how jobs aren't designed anymore for us to stay in that job and work our way up it's like you stay in this position you have this position until elsewhere or this position requires some type of degree or higher education until it's like we don't even have the opportunity to even enter those positions that i could actually stay for 20 years and work exactly so that shit is like completely different like like very different and it's it's unfair too when we when we have those challenges of like all right I'm going to college. I'm doing this thing. And then flashback, I hear professors talk about when they pay for college, it was like $1,000 a semester. And you're like, bro, just, just a th- what? Yeah, that's another <laughs> thing. Like the cost of living back then is so much cheaper. Like our parents was out the house. They say like, yeah, I was out the house at 18, 17, 16 on my own working. You know, I had a house. I mean, well, shit. The cost of living was way cheaper back then for a reason. Like, you know, nowadays it's like very rare, very rare that somebody's at the house at 18, house, job, and everything's paid for off rip. Right. And it's very rare. Very fucking rare. But like back then though, it was just like it was normal for somebody to leave the house and get a good paying job when like rent was only like probably like four or three hundred and like they was making it. Easy. And and I was looking at um affordable housing and it was saying that your house I forgot what the percentage was, but it was very small on like your rent or your mortgage should not be X amount of percent of your monthly income. And I was just doing the math like, bro, none of this shit is affordable then. Like Exactly. What the fuck? Like how am I supposed to do this? <laughs> how am I supposed <laughs> to do this? And and then oh man, it's just real shitty. It's just real shitty. But all of that, all of that has changed, like you said. Like, not, like the cost of living has gone up, and then I don't think it's ever going to come back down. Never to where it was, because that if if we could have our salaries today and our pay today with the cost of living, I feel like everybody, like crime, would diminish. Damn near, like we'll still have the criminals who just love to do dumb shit. Like, yeah, that's going, that's given, that's life. But for the vast majority. Nah, man, we out here getting this money and we enjoying our lives. We we having a good time, going on vacation whenever needed, you know, self-caring whenever needed. But no, nah, not today. It's like you got to work 12 plus hours just to live. Bro, it's like you got to you got to live have on the overtime. weekends. Yeah, you got to have and you got to do overtime. It's no more 40 hour weeks. You got to do if your job allows you to do overtime, you're going to do that overtime just to make a living. Right. And it's like, it's, it's basically bad. Cause like, I mean, like me, I can't afford to go out 
and live on my own. But it's like, why would I put myself through that stress right now, like barely affording to live on my own when I could just stay at home, stack my money to when I'm in a better position to save up and put more down so I can have a better like monthly uh, rent or whatever I want to do, own a home or something. But right. it's just like you got to be patient sometimes with, day eight, with, with today because like each year the uh, – the freaking minimum wage always goes up. And each year that the minimum wage that goes up, the cost of living is going up because mm-hmm. the more that uh, we're getting paid, the more that stuff is getting expensive. That's why when we were younger, it was 25 cent chips. Ooh. Now it's like, it's freaking like $2 for a bag of Doritos. Man. It's 59 cents for those quarter bag of chips. It's uh 50 cents for those, you know, like it's it's just terrible. It's 59 cents for the honey buns that used to be a quarter. You know, you used to get four bags of chips for a dollar back in the day. You're getting two for a dollar now. Like that's how the cost of living is going up, the production goes up, everything is going up. It's like a cycle that keeps on evolving. So like again, like I said, each year that the minimum wage goes up a little, we get a little increase in our uh and our funds, but we're really not seeing that because everything else is going up also. Hey, my nigga P. Davis just took y'all to Economics 101 <laughs> real quick. Man, I was just like, I, I got to put people here, bro. Like, he just did that real quick. <laughs> you, know, like, you know, if you ain't noticed, though, you like people got to notice these things, bro. Like, you know, I noticed Man. that at a young age. Like, I'm just young like... Age. Like, okay, so, you know, boom, boom, because I started off at 740 minimum wage when I was starting out. You know, now it's at like nine something. I'm just like, it's not, I don't feel different. <laughs> it is not different from them when the I first same. started. So, nah, you know what I'm saying? And it's just Man, like, straight up. Then when you do the math, it's like, okay, all this shit is adding up now. Shit, my first job was above minimum wage. I was doing landscaping with this guy. Um, his son was on the wrestling team. And he just, hey, man, you want, I got a seasonal job. You want to work, make some money? I was 15. I'm like, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to make some money. How much you paying? He said 10 an hour. I'm like, nigga, what? Mm-hmm. I'm hearing all my friends, 740, 725. I'm like, exactly. Man. I was nah, going to be 40. Making 10. <laughs> making 10. So I was happy a little bit. Like, that was a little bit better change. And I'm having 10 hour days, 12 hour days. And Lance, we going one house, this house, that house, that house. And he, I'm accumulating time even on the like transportation and and going from this house to that house. So it's like, man, I'm making money, and it was all under the table, cash. Exactly. I get paid at the end of the day. I'm like, bruh. <laughs> oh, you was lovely, man. And I, and I ain't going. I ain't even going to tell him over the over the podcast what what other bag that opened for me. <laughs> I, I'm gonna tell you that right now. Like that opened a whole different bag for me to okay. go into. You feel me? Yeah, I'm so <laughs> so I'm. I'm like, bro. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking around living. like I was, was living. living. I was happy. And I'm thinking this is how life is supposed to be. And then I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I'm then you and then you start seeing it, like how you you put it in in, in perfect terms for people to recognize and realize for our generation, like candies, sweets, snacks. You know, the store you now you see that transaction, it's happening right here. You can see it when the gas prices go up. You can mm-hmm. see it when now as of late over the past year, I've been just looking at houses to buy. You know, I ain't got the money on yeah, me. Yeah, right. I'm just, you know, I, I I definitely find myself doing that too a lot. Like, you yeah, know? just looking at what, what's the just price at the market for these. Just looking at them in front of me, and I'm like, how the fuck was everybody buying houses back in the day? That's what I'm saying. Man, like, I'm so confused. <laughs> and then you and then you looking at redlining. 
that situation where you know black people was cut out on on the loans that that got people their homes most most of america i won't even call out white people right now but me just saying i won't call out white people i kind of did but yeah definitely did <laughs> they 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 were they were allowed and given loans that got them out of the, the great depression that struck this whole country they benefited from that we were redlined and, and banks were notified if they're redlined don't loan them <laughs> that is not a safe bet or a safe loan money wise okay bet i'm not making no no bets for people that's not going to pay me back. So then that leaves us with affordable housing. People growing up in the projects, people getting these cheap-ass rented homes because I can't get a loan to buy a home. And I, that adds on to my wealth. You know, I, I posted something, I found this article that said, like, black wealth, in, the the wealth income for a black home is like 17000 White home is like 100-something thousand, 171000 some shit like that. And it's just like, that's a major difference. It's a huge gap. That's a huge disparity. And I remember there was just one white guy who was like, what? Where is this money at? And I'm like, bro, you're fucking stupid. Your your wealth is also included in the things that you buy and things that you own. If your home is owned, that adds on to your wealth. Wealth in general. <laughs> when as far as us, when it's most of the time, it's being rented. People have been renting for 30 years. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And, they, and with that 30 years of rent, you could have bought you a home because rent is more expensive than a mortgage. Exactly. And now you're sitting in this situation where you're like, damn, 30 years just went by and you've been telling yourself your whole life, I can't afford it, I can't afford it. And while that might be true, but nobody else really can can afford it either. Mm-hmm. And these loans have been getting people where they needed to be. But that's not your problem, though. I, I don't want to put the blame on the victim. The blame is the system. It's the system. It's it's always been a system. It's been corrupt from the beginning. It's corrupt now, and it's always going to be like that. Shit is probably this, won't this change. This nigga P. Davis just gave y'all the segregation today, segregation <laughs> tomorrow, <laughs> and, and segregation shit, forever. Shit's <laughs> not going to change, man. I mean, you can, I mean, it's systematic. It's built, all these problems are built in for a purpose, and it's to keep motherfuckers at bay. I'm not just gonna say black people. It's go. It's to keep a lot of people at bay from owning their own stuff, right. and it's and it's like that because if everyone wants to own things, then it's like the government didn't don't get their money from from like affordable housing acts and stuff like that. It's like they get money to uh, push out those programs to the communities, and it's and it's like the more people own, the less the government will need to have those type of acts. So that's why it's, the system is always problematic to keep people at bay and to not own their things. Hey, I hope y'all listening in. P. Davis dropping these jewels for y'all, man. <laughs> he fucking dropping them, bro. Man, that shit know. crazy. Just telling, I just gotta tell it how it is. Sometimes tell it how it is. You gotta, Straight up, like you, you notice, like I've been noticing these things, bro. People don't notice these things. You just gotta, you gotta keep a wide open, like a wide eye look. Just like shit is in place. Shit is set in stone, man. Shit is, you know. I know the game, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the next question, I'm gonna answer this one because you, you basically took that one. What do you believe will be true for Generation Z and so on? So. That's after 1996, so that's 97 and so on. And I believe that social media and digital communication is bigger than what people have been saying. So a lot of times our generation, we've seen that era for a glimpse of our life of 
hey bro, I get home at 5.15 after school. Come, come, everybody come knock on my door. My mama gonna let me outside then. Do it. And it was no checkup on it. It was no, let me text him and make sure he had the crib. It was, we pull, he said 5.15, we here y'all. We here. Come outside oh, and play. Look at that, bro. we outside. Yeah. <laughs> good you know, days, good at school, call me at 4.30. I'm gonna answer. <laughs> my mama don't really be on the phone from 4.30 to- Exactly, exactly. So that's my time I can be on the phone. <laughs> Hear the ring, everybody run to the phone. Who is it? Oh, it's for you. Yeah, yeah. I know it's for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I said it was for me. You know, and we get to see, then we, we got to see that shift of Bebo, MySpace, those chat, uh, Black, Black Planet. Black Planet. <laughs> <laughs> the beginning of Facebook, Twitter, the beginning of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, all of that. We got to see that, and we, and then we also got to see the generation before us who never experienced that at all. They're like, man, that social media shit fake, bro. We know it's real. We know that call me at five fifteen mean call me at five fifteen or pull up at this time. We know that's real, and we got to see that. Exactly. But the generation after us never got to see that. Exactly. They never seen that that form of communication happening. Every day they wake up like the like I'm in a middle school right now for my internship. I'm seeing kids born in two thousand six, two thousand seven. I'm like. Ooh. Man, they got a rude awakening. Not it's, even just a rude. It's, it's just they've been built in. They they done had an iPad on the palm of their hand since they was young. Yeah, and it's like that's their form of communication. So it's exactly. the, the whole thing shifted to the point where I don't need to tell you I'm gonna be at the crib at five fifteen. You can go on my live and see I'm at the crib at five fifteen. And exactly, we can communicate right now. Pull up. <laughs> so it's like a lot of we see a lot of kids and people right now attached to their phones and the social media and people I always see this like fuck social media I don't need the shit or man everybody capping on the ground blah 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 like a part of that is real though a part yeah. of that is essential and it's almost needed oh it's like a survival tool exactly in a sense and it's just like man that that like people Generation Z um and further. Y'all got a different, but millennium and back, shut the fuck up. Exactly. <laughs> this is a different world. It is. We can stay in the old ways, but the old ways ain't what's popping and what's moving right now. No, it's so not. I can, get a, I can get a job off of social media. You see, my man said the uh, graphic design for something, and uh, Amazon or Google, no, Google offered him a job. Like he did, like the. Uh, like the June fourteenth, like Google didn't do do one uh, perfect. Oh, the, he did his own. He did his own one, and uh, Google offered him a job. Yeah, right June tenth. Yeah. June tenth. Yeah, like see, perfect, perfect example right there. And it's like that. That's not a. That's not gonna happen if I told Google come to my crib at five fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have the design ready. I'm a, yeah, you know. No, it, it just don't happen that way. So like these kids and these people in this in these generations are experiencing something completely different that that Generation X never seen and that we partially got to see, but we still are kind of like attached with the old ways to the point where we like, man, we could always just go back to simpler times and oh man, the good old days when everybody pulled up on their bike, but it's like, bro, the good old days is now the group chat. Everybody hop in my group chat, everybody hop in the live, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and it's, <laughs> and it's different now. And who knows what, what's going to happen past Generation Z, the next generation, like, it might be... It might be holographic. I tell with, you what happened. It's gonna be virtual reality where I can just sit at home, put something on my head, and I'm right next to you, and we in a virtual world. 
that's coming in the future. These kids are lucky they're going to experience some shit like that. I guarantee it. This nigga Pete Davis dropping so many jewels this episode. And I'm, and I'm just sitting here like, damn, mom. I, I can see that, though. Like, you see like, him? Not, not with the same topic of Black Mirror, but how they had that, that episode where the guys were, you know, they was into each other in the virtual. But, like, literally, you could probably just kick in and be like, hey, y'all trying to go to the France real quick? So, All right, everybody tap in, meet up in France. And it's just like, blue. this is what France is like. It's the motherfucking Matrix, bro. Exactly. <laughs> it's the Matrix, bro. <laughs> That's what this is, bro. This is the fucking Matrix, bro. Uh... <laughs> we living in the Matrix. Oh, man. That movie is ahead of its time. That oh, movie, my... the whole trilogy is ahead of its time. The action, the, uh, the meaning, everything is ahead of its time. You know the fourth one coming. I can't wait. I can't wait. Fucking Matrix. It's one of my all-time favorites, man. That whole trilogy. Man. The, the video games, too. Man. I ain't never so played the video game. In our play into the Matrix, Jada Pickett? Mm-mm. Oh, my God. Classic, man. Classic. Man, okay. Let me, let's me let get off of this, because now my mind is blowing. I'm sitting here. <laughs> is you just thinking of the endless possibilities? <laughs> Bro, I'm, I'm thinking about, man, does this steak... Tastes like a steak to you. <laughs> Morpheus, bro. Leave me the yeah, fuck alone, bro. Exactly. <laughs> Red pill, blue pill. What if I was to tell you that there's more? <laughs> that you'll fall into the rabbit hole. Bro. Classic. <laughs> Classic. Fuck up, Morpheus. <laughs> Leave me the fuck alone, bro. Hey, speaking of movies, though, get, bad, bad boys for life. This, can I get out this cab now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait That's for that That's going to be hype. Man, 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 you know, you know, niggas about to be in that bitch like Wakanda. Man, what? <laughs> I just like Bad Boys 2, one of my all-time favorites. Even the first one, a classic. Man, yeah. I just can't wait. I can't wait, man. Man, straight up. All right, so let's talk. You mentioned Antonio Brown for a hot second. Yep. We gonna, I'm going to break down what his, what his situation has been since March 13th. Okay. So Antonio Brown, run with the Raiders. March 13th, introduced in Oakland's after trade for, from Steelers. July 25th, shows up for training camp with Frostbite. July 30th, <laughs> leaves Napa as he sees, seeks medical treatment in midst of helmet grievance. August 18th, 40K fine for unexcused absence. September 4th, Brown's photos on Instagram post a fine letter from GM Mike Mayock. September 5th, reports surface of Raiders' plan to suspend Brown after he got into a heated conversation with GM Mike Mayock. And we know what he said there. <laughs> he called him, I ain't going to repeat on this podcast, but he called him a slur. Yeah. <laughs> September 6th, <laughs> fine $215,073.53 by Raiders voiding his $29.125 million of guaranteed money. Shit! Right, repeat that. Fine, two hundred and fifteen thousand and seventy-three dollars and fifty-three cents by Raiders, voiding his twenty-nine point one two twenty-nine point one two five million of guaranteed money. September seventh, post on IG that he wants to be released. Raiders announced they've released Brown, and a couple days later, the Patriots picked him up. 
Okay, okay. He will, okay, you know. He, yeah, so he about to get a ring this year then. That's what it sound like. <laughs> That's what it sound like. And I'm so I'm hoping Eli in his bag. <laughs> Eli didn't get in his bag. <laughs> Stop that shit now. He's our only hope. Cause the cause the Patriots just really demolished the Steelers week one. And that shit was like, oh my God. They really about to be out here winning another Super Bowl if they playing like this this early. But Antonio Brown for a second. And, Wait, and there's more. And there's more. And then the allegations about him sexually assaulting and raping his um trainer. Um <sighs> it's always something. So that came and it and conspiracy in, cons- in conspiracy it seemed like that came at the perfect time to to really slander his character even harder even worse and that seems true but you know i told i told people watch hard knocks we're gonna see what antonio brown on this season i think i said it on this podcast how i'm excited to see who he is for that locker room in that team first episode he was standing by himself not even with the team he was just ducked off chilling I'm like, this man don't even want to be here. Never practiced, never did anything with the team, did his own thing, then came around, you know, with the frostbite, helmet, all that stuff. And it that, he just seemed off and weird. And I got this theory that all of this has been happening ever since he took that hit from Perfect from the from the Bengals in that divisional game. Which knocked him out, had a concussion. Yep. It was a scary hit. It was a really nasty hit. It was disgusting, actually, like unnecessary. The league handled it, I think, pretty well on suspending dude and making sure that he was fine and all that stuff and whatnot. But that also doesn't complete the whole picture of Antonio Brown took that hit. <laughs> he didn't. Ever since that hit, he'd been acting weird. You know, all the, the, the toxic behavior that happened with the Steelers, you know, we don't have to get back into that. But then going to the Raiders and can continue and carry on the grievance about the helmet. Bro, the league done warned you five I think five years ago, or ten years ago, whatever that we're gonna make this change soon. So prepare yourselves for new helmets. Every player got that memo. Every GM got that memo. Every trainer got that memo. Everybody in the league got that memo. So it's like, what's the problem, bro? You should have. You got. You got millions of dollars. You could have paid any company you want to make the perfect design for you. Facts. They would have done it. They would have issued your own one of one helmet, and you could have got that. You know, picked up by the league. Like, hey, check out this helmet. Does this? Does this fit the requirements and standards that were issued? Yes or no? They would have answered. Maybe it's not that simple. Maybe I'm just completely oblivious and wrong because I'm on the outside looking in. And it's like, that shit is weird. But the ultimate theory to this shit is why he not in a Raiders uniform anymore is because the man that gave him that hit and caused all these traumatic and toxic behaviors is on the Raiders right now. Mm. He actually held him back from being up to GM. Straight up, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was in he was in the middle of that. He uh, held him back from being because he was he was trying to beat that GM ass. Uh, but uh, Ber Berfat, whatever the hell his last name is, uh, he actually held him back, which is crazy to believe that. And it was actually about the same it happened the same about like a couple years ago from the same time that that hit happened, which was crazy, bro. So what, what what's the point you're trying to get at though with the hit and him? I'm and thinking okay, so so what I was getting at is that CTE and head trauma and all that stuff with football has surfaced ever since the whole concussion movie 
and and Junior Seau, mm-hmm. essentially. You know, Junior Seau, R.I.P. Suicide Awareness Month, Suicide Prevention Month, took his own life. And we look at situations like that from the NFL or any collision sports, and they donated their bodies to science, and they examined the brain and found that majority of these players that do take their lives or do go through all these aggressive behaviors while they're alive or in these depression states have CTE. And the only way to check is to check once they've died and examine the brain with all the matter and all that stuff. And I think that we're witnessing firsthand someone in the league exuding and showing CTE-like behaviors. Mm. And that hit... And all the other hits, you know, because he's peewee, middle school, high school, college, NFL. He's mm. played a lot of football. True. So, so like, I played 10 seasons, and I think my body has taken a fucking nuff. <laughs> like, but this man is a professional. He, he's out there. He out there putting in that work. Receiver. You know, you know he's a receiver. Leading the league and receiving yards and receptions. And so he's, he's, he's getting contact. People are hitting him. And a lot of his yards are after the catch, yards after the catch. So it's like he's making collisions, you know, mm-hmm. going here, going there, swifting in between people. So it's like we witnessing firsthand CTE. What, all it's going to take for this man to kill himself, he threatened to retire if he don't get a helmet. Yeah, he definitely it, <laughs> threatened to this, retire. This nigga threatened to retire, on not even on some calm shit, but on some like manic behavior type shit. Like, if I don't get my way, I'm retiring. Not on some... I think that the safety issues are concerning me because I want to protect my body. And if I can't protect my body fully, I think I want to retire. It wasn't like that. It was like, I need my shit. I need it now. I'm retired. Like, oh, calm down, bro. It ain't, it ain't even that right now. Calm down, bro. He also got $30 million guaranteed voided. Void? 30 million? Like, I know he he's made money. He's made a lot of money. Yeah, he got all his endorsement deals. Yeah, but like no rational man's gonna do that. Yeah, thirty million dollars is. Well, we said we did see Dave Chappelle leave behind, you know, fifty million. That's different. That's that's, that's like different. a whole different space. That's different. That's a whole different space. When you in the National Football League, you want that money now, and you want that money guaranteed. And that's why receivers and running backs is always fighting and holding out because they want that money guaranteed. And just to see him actually give up and actually on purposely lose out on 30 million dollars it's like cause a concern make sure that his mental health is straight and then it's just like like Quan said are we are are we witnessing uh right now cte at its full display and it makes you think like if we are then what if 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 antonio brown dies God forbid he don't and he lives a long healthy life but if he does pass away let's say 100 years from now and we we decided to go with science and check his brain and it was confirmed that it was CTE then what are we doing about this sport are we just going to say are we going to stamp like how we do with cigarettes and, <laughs> op- and soon opioids warning <laughs> may may and may get CTE but also may become a multimillionaire. Your choice. What you can provide for your family, friends, future foundations of family generations. You can change uh, generations with that money. Uh, I know what a lot of people are going to decide. And a lot of people are going to get that bag. And more than enough people are not going to even touch that money. 
And it's like a lot of hits, a lot of stuff going on to their brain from childhood to college and not even making. And it's just like, damn, what can we do about that sport? And, you know, it's it's kind of fucked up. It is. Because I know me, I'm still watch. Yeah, yeah, me too. Me too. Because I don't know. I think like that's been the space for me when I grew up on, you know, I see my older cousins play football and that. And that got me, because I used to play football in the neighborhood, and that was fun and all, but then actually see somebody come home padded up, like, Like, hold on, that shit looks sweet. What's, what's that? What's this, what's this, what's this about? Oh, what's you play for? Right here? Yeah, I'm, uh, you play for who? You oh, Okay, bet. I'm about to go yeah. to y'all practice. Yeah, let me now I'm in, you know. na- yeah, now I'm in the groove. Yeah, now I'm in the uniform. <laughs> yeah, and then it just keeps going. But know. I think what's important for me is, like, when I think about creating my own family and my generations, what sports do I want to introduce them to? Because fencing, surprisingly, gives out the most money in scholarships. Mm. Fucking fencing. <laughs> what the fuck is fencing for the, for the listeners that don't know? Shit, I don't know. It's just, what I saw is just niggas in a costume poking each other with swords. Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> and that's basically what it is. <laughs> and, you know, I don't know the techniques or the schemes, the shit. I just see money on God. Ah, ah, bow, bow, bow. Yeah. But they they giving out that bag. You know? Yeah. It's definitely like that is a interesting though question because like do you want your son to play that context work? Me personally, I probably have my son play flag football when he's young, but like it's gonna be eventually an age where he's gonna have to get into the helmet, shoulder pads, especially if he really wanted to play football. Then it's just like, damn, how you approach that now? Or even, you know, I wrote in a paper how, because I want my kids to play sports. I want them to see that, like, because what that provided for me. And I wrote in a paper how sports really helped me really make friends yeah. and meet people and know people from all different types of backgrounds. You know what I'm saying? And that was that was very important in my development. But what sports do I introduce now? Shit. <laughs> I, I, Cause man, I don't know. I don't want my kids. I know for a fact I will not introduce wrestling to my children. I will let if they want to wrestle, I will question them hard. Like this is sure what you want to do. Man, this shit is demanding <laughs> on your body and it fucking destroys you mentally. <laughs> like I don't know if you really want to do this, but like football, I'm not even gonna push that. I always thought I was gonna push that on my kids, but I ain't doing that. But tennis, baseball, soccer, they they find it more head trauma than soccer. So I don't know. But like. The less contact sports, I'm like, maybe, man, that might be the way. Because baseball, you can get a bag for a long time. Maybe gave that man $300 million for 10 years. <laughs> Miguel Cabrera still robbing the Tigers every year. Batter up. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, my son definitely wanted to play baseball. You know, see if you like it. <laughs> man, hopefully, hopefully. But on continuing on with sports, man, how's how's two K been for you? Man, first of all, <laughs> the first night it didn't even work. Stayed oh. up to twelve o'clock. <laughs> you know, very excited. Everybody's excited. Yeah, so it's just like a national holiday. Yeah, it's two K day. You know, they even named it two K day. You know, shit. I gotta work in the morning, so I'm like, shit. You know, I'm also stay up late for a couple hours. You know, everybody getting ready to grind. Turn it on. 
servers not up. So Uh-oh. 2K, you've been planning this since last year around this time to have these servers right. Then it's like you can't even do that right. It's like Call of Duty every year when Call of Duty drops, and it's like, why is these servers not working on the first night? You knew the amount of traffic that you were going to have. You definitely have the money and the technology to fix this shit. Fix it. Then it was just like it was like a bunch of old broken promises that they promised that said that was going to change this year that didn't happen. And it's like I'm like so far it's like so far I was disappointed at first, but then they updated it. They put except that big ass uh, update. Well, it was like 24 gigabytes. So, yeah, that, that tells you, like, they really have to put in the work to change a lot of things with the game. Mm-hmm. So once they changed a couple of things, it's like, okay, the gameplay is running smoother. Everything is going good. You know, my grind is going good. Uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm happy for it. Now, it's definitely a different game from last year. It's not, it's not as cheesy as it was last year. Uh, the grind is real, as always, in 2K. I'm loving it so far. I love going on there, playing with the fellas, uh, playing on the park, playing on uh, program teams. Uh, you know the program teams is five on five five user players versus five other user players yeah. and it's just like a team basketball game you know uh, you compete in uh, you can enter tournaments to compete for money you know it's uh, it's definitely good to get communication going you know a lot of times it's like it's like a bonding experience that I do with my cousins and uh, different people that I probably never met face to face but I've been playing with these guys for like the last five years playing 2K right. you know what I'm saying so and that's real yeah, it's like it's a bonding experience, you know. It's every year at the same time, you know. Hey, two K, two K, two K. You know, we out there playing, you know. So I'm constantly with it. You know, I love two K. You know, uh, hey, ladies, I got to start up my man, two K. If you want your, if you want your man in the house, not running <laughs> these streets, not out here digging with these old strip clubs. If you want to know where your man at? Palm two K. Is that so hard? Two K. Is that if you, so hard? If you if you if you if you, if you, <laughs> you want to know where your man at, bottom two K. I bet you he had his ass on for that first month. Guarantee it. Yeah, for that first month. Damn. That, that <laughs> not just the first month though, but you like you know it's like damn, I got the nigga the two K now. Now you got to do something for you that second month because that first month it's a grind. I'm like you know that now, baby. But two K all year thing. Two K is like from like in fucking uh, March. Fellas, I'm like, I'm about to hop on 2K with the fellas. You know, it's, it's just an all-year thing. That's what 2K is. Yeah. That's what 2K is for me. That's what 2K is for a lot of people. You know, it's always around. The fellas come over, we drinking, we chilling, we playing 2K, talking shit. You know what I'm saying? That's how it always go. Yeah, man. That's it. I, don't, I still don't know if I'm about 2K yet. I'm going to get it. I'm probably going to finesse it off of somebody. But I've been rocking with the Madden. Madden been my just, thing. You just got Madden 20, I see. Yeah, man. I, I really like that so far. I dig it. They, they, the running is better than the last one. Way better. You can actually dominate the run game this year. Yeah, you can do something real nice. Um, some of the things that are weird, like uh, like the passing with the quarterbacks, it's like it's like the the cadence is slower yeah. when they when they about to throw and release. And I'm just like, bro, the deep ball is terrible out there this year. Yeah, deep no more. Man, I, man. Terrible. I, I tried to throw it deep one time, and I was like, "Bro, what? what, the, what like, the why is he doing? Why is he throwing? Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, man. That's man, I, I didn't like that. But other than that, you know, it's solid. It's straight. You know, I've been, I've been playing a little bit online. I haven't got much time because I just been busy in okay. this in this Rocky Apollo fight. You know what I'm saying? Okay. But you know, Apollo come out on top, and he won the third fight. So ultimately, I'm gonna win it all. Okay. So, so yeah, I've been going through that. But yeah, lady, ladies. 
Invest in your man's happiness and self-care. Let's let's talk on that for a hot second. Then we're going to run into them bitch fuck yous and some music and everything. But ladies, it is very important that you understand that while in a relationship or seeking somebody or somebody seeking you, that both of y'all are the catch. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Now, in now chivalry is is dead and it's dead because that's good because people don't really like to talk about it but we can talk about this another episode but that's toxic masculinity chivalry is low-key toxic masculinity like to think that a woman can't like a woman can't do this because she can't and i'm here i'm the man i can save the day here i am like that's 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 a toxic environment to put that's toxic because what (laughs) that's not right like (laughs) why would i put my jacket down over a puddle when you can just walk around it Exactly. <laughs> like, well, now let's be real. Like, come so, on now. So let's let's remember that you know we both back and forth with this catch. So if it's I'm like, if, like you know Kevin Hart said it, especially like if a fire just broke out, she's gonna look at you like, mm-hmm. like but you better <laughs> stop dropping roll. <laughs> what you thought this was? What you thought this was? <laughs> you feel me? Like, right. <laughs> it's like, man. We've been told our whole life, chase that woman, get that woman, woo, woo, woo. I was like, get to a point where you get her and you like, man, I don't even know if she ain't even trying to she in, get me. You know what I'm saying? You know and and she's not even trying to get me. I haven't even been gotten this process. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like stuff. I like, you know, I like to eat too. I like games. I like, I got a birthday. Right? <laughs> like, what? You know what I'm saying? So, you know, ladies, think about your man as a catch as well. I'm in the I'm in the battle right now, trying to like feed in my girl. I don't want the 2K. Give me the NFL ticket. Ooh, talk your shit. Give me the NFL ticket. No, you, you know, and, and you can use my email. I got the student discount. You know, let her know. You just gotta let her know sometime. <laughs> and that's that. And we can play how it is. And you know, I also do, you know, the things for her as well. So it's like that equal. I give a hundred percent. You give a hundred percent. And let's just make this shit a crazy experience that let's, let's we always wanted this to be. Let's make this work. Because if I'm sitting here giving a hundred and you, ooh, you you filling my voids I don't have. I come thirty percent and you giving me a hundred. So now it's like you filled me up to a hundred percent and I'm left at thirty. And that's where you know shit got in or shit goes sideways or shit. It's always toxic and the shit is never uh, on the even playing field. It's like why am I even with this girl? Why am I even with this man? And it's just like. My relationships don't work, and that's the 21st century now. Right, so ladies, why your man 2K? I know the hype is around social media. You like, man, I ain't doing that. Popeye's chicken, <laughs> that's the hype. That Popeye's chicken sandwich is fire, by the way. It is. And you know, like, it's the hype of social media. Why y'all following along, bro? Because n- niggas really want 2K. You know, yeah, niggas really want to so be. Niggas really want to be loved too, and fellas. Don't make it hard for your girl to get some loving, man. Love your woman, bro. Exactly. Or if if it's not binary, man on man, woman on woman, this on that, like whoever you love, we not whoever you love, bro. Love your partner for real. You know, do do whatever you please and and just be there for them and in hopes that they'll be there for you as well. For them spiritually and physically, and the relationship will always be sane. Let's get it, man. Pete Davis dropping jewels. All right, before we get into the bitch fuck yous, music, 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 music. Earth Gang. Earth Gang, man, that Mirrorland was fire. fire. <laughs> I really rocked with that, you feel me? Like, I really rock with that. That, uh, 
That La La challenge that started up was crazy. That top down, I be, I be driving top down. At this side, yeah. Proud of you with your thug. We've been making that for the longest. Oh man. Proud of you. Proud of you. Making that for the longest, bro. Like the whole man. project, like Dreamville. Does Even T Pain on this thing. <laughs> the tequila. <laughs> man. That Aaron Way, Aaron Ray, he cold. He cold, yeah. bro. I like they that stuck song. Yeah. They got Kalini sexy ass over here. Man, Kalani. Oh, Kalani. Man, that tripping. <laughs> that tripping. I like bro. that. Like the whole album is definitely a vibe. If you like good rap, if you like good music, definitely check out Maryland by Earth Gang. That's a Dreamville artist. You know, shout out to Dreamville. And shoot, they've been doing the damn thing, man. It's a great project to listen to. And all their old projects are great, too. Man. Go check out their first album, you know. Uh, check out their mixtapes, since they call Earth Gang, man. Definitely man. up here on the lookout. Especially, definitely check out that Maryland, man. Man, I remember the first time, I already talked about it on the podcast. First time I heard them was at that concert when dude was like, you ain't heard Earth Gang? I'm like, right? no. Man, they came out rocking. <laughs> they came out rocking. They for real good. They all to this talent. Chasing Summer by Sir. That's hard. Bro. Okay. Yeah, the Sir album. Yeah, I ain't got to it yet. I got to check that out. Bro, that shit is hard. That that The way it start off with Kendrick on that hair down. Mm-hmm. Man, that, that is a vibe. That mood with Zakari. Zakari was on that, Um, I forgot what song it was. With, uh, with Kendrick on that damn album. It was... uh. Was that that love? I think it's love. Yeah, love. Mm. And they got, he got a song on there with Sir. It's a mood. And I'm like, whoa, this is good. Lil Wayne on here with Lucy's Love. Okay. Dope. Got Smino on here with uh, L.A. Lisa. Okay. It's fire. So now, Sabrina Claudio. Now, I, I done canceled her. <laughs> the comments she done made about black women and, and, and other women of color. Mm-hmm. You know, because, you know, black women ain't been supported in this world. So I'm like, hey, I'm going I'm to I'm ride with black women on this. They say they say fuck her. Fuck her then. You know, I'm, I'm not saving this woman over the risk of, you know, loving black women. Facts, it, fuck her. This, but I didn't know she was on. I heard the song. I that's skip what? it every time I play it. They come on <laughs> myself. But I heard it the first time. I'm like, oh, is that? Oh, oh, that's her. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this shit fire. This shit fire. Hold on now. <laughs> it's good, man. That's a good song on there, too. But it's still, it's still fuck her, though. It's definitely still fuck her. I'm definitely about to get into that, sir. Did, did we talk about Jeezy album last? No, we did not. We did not. Jeezy did drop a Thug Motivation uh, 104. He I did. like that. Uh, I like foreplay on there. I like uh, fake love on there, and I like that uh, MLK Boulevard with Meek Mill. Mm-hmm. You know, Jeezy don't never disappoint for me, man. I always like Jeezy. I always like the vibe he brings me in, and Jeezy uh, got a lot of hits, man. If you always want to go back to the regular old Thug Motivation, you'll never be disappointed. Man, I went to the uh, to the Big Show one year. It wasn't Big Show at the Joe because that's when they started doing a little Caesars. <laughs> it was just a big show and Jeezy came out before Chris Brown and Chris Brown was pissed because Jeezy had that motherfucker rocking he had extended time like it was just bro yeah. I ain't bro Jeezy bro Detroit love Jeezy Jeezy love Detroit you know and it was that's, just that's how, that's how it's been that's how it's always gonna be with Jeezy and us man. <laughs> cause that cause that don't hear that um that white keys was nice and then that don't make me that don't make me have me like okay and the real mvp when he had that little that little snippet of kd talking about 
you know, you was the real envy. I'm like, bro. Yeah, that shit was hot. That shit was hot. And I got that that rose on there. But yeah. Yeah, that Jeezy was nice. That Rhapsody album, fucking fire. Th- that shit is fire, bro. Have you listened to that? No, I haven't checked that one out yet. Bro, make sure you listen to that, bro. They got that Sojourner on there with Cole. They got, she got um Sir on there, J.I.D., Queen Latifah, uh, D'Angelo, Gizza. Um, let's see who else. That's really all the big features. That I could see that I that I rock with, but this this album was dedicated to strong, really black women that influenced her in life. So like, yeah, so she's song, doing her thing on there. Yeah, like Nina, the first song is Nina for Nina Simone, Cleo set it off, Aaliyah, Oprah, Whoopi, Serena, Tyra, uh, Maya Angelou. Um, I don't know who this person is. It starts with an I, but yeah, Merle, mm-hmm. Raina's interlude, Michelle, Aman, Sojourner, Afeni. For like Tupac Mom, and it was just a vibe, bro. This album is just creative, like, and it's just dope, bro. Okay, okay, okay. Bet, bet, bet. I'm definitely have to check her Rap City out, man. She on this point. I definitely, I heard that cold song already. Yeah, that was hot. So yeah, I'm gonna definitely check out her project. Yeah, it was just nice, man. I'm just like, man, these things, like, this shit is like. I don't know. I think it's just really nice. Really nice. That Jadena, I haven't listened to that yet. I definitely need to still listen to that. I heard that's that's some nice heat right there. Yeah, the 85 to Africa, I ain't got into that either. But it's on my phone, so I'm going to definitely check it out eventually. Yeah, let me, I don't know. What else? That's really, yeah, for me. Oh, Did I we- checked out a uh, Post Malone novel. Uh, that Die For Me With Future and that Take What You Want with Ozzy Osbourne and... Uh, Freaking Travis Scott, that was he, and that freaking uh, enemies with the baby, that was he also. Mm. So I gotta, I gotta check that out at my convenience. I'm, I'm definitely uh, rocking with the Post Malone. I'm not really a big Post Malone fan, but the uh-huh. features he got on here, the way he making it all, put it together, it's been a great uh, project so far. Okay, okay. Let me see. Yeah, I, I'm looking at the list right now. I got some nice features. Did we talk about Thug last episode? The thug, yeah, we definitely talked about the thug. Okay, cool. Yeah, definitely talk about the thug. Yeah, thug was nice, but yeah, so think, much fun. Yeah, that shit, shit. Yeah, I think that's it for me with music for real. Yeah, we've been going. Yeah, it's really I ain't really not really been dropping. You know, it's only been those projects. So you know, I mean, that's still a lot though. That's still a lot of music though. That's been out since this past month. So yeah, mm. that's all I've been rocking with lately. All right, <clears throat> I feel like your bitch fuck you is a lot better. <laughs> and my bitch fuck you. Okay. So I'ma sum my shit up real quick. Alright. So, so you can get into yours. Petty. My shit is real petty. Yours is like big. Okay. But, okay. <clears throat> so I'm driving back to fucking school <laughs> from Michigan to Tennessee. You know what I'm saying? It's a long fucking drive, bro. And I'm just trying to get this shit over with. It's a fucking eight hour drive. And I'm in Ohio, and it's Labor Day, so the the, the boys is out, bro. They out everywhere. They're trying to hit them quotas. Man, they out everywhere that, cause it's that you know it's that double pay. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They out there getting everybody for everything. Man, I'm on the phone. I got my AirPods in. I'm just driving. I'm casually doing 81 on 75. You know, a nigga could be going 100. 
<laughs> but I'm going 81. You know, I'm taking it easy. I'm going with the flow of traffic as well. And I see a cop pull out. I'm like, I'm on the phone. Shit, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on the phone with Henry. I'm like, man, this nigga about to pull me over. Fucking pulls me over. So I do the whole, get my shit ready. Got my phone recording and whatnot. And he's like, oh, you know how fast we're going? I was like, oh, no, I don't know. I try to, I try to do like, the, oh, I'm going to school. Deal, like, uh, just traveling a long way. And then he like, oh, okay, that's cool. You know, I seen the, the AirPods. You know, you can't have those in. I'm like, oh, I didn't know. No, 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 no. And he's like, oh, you can't have oh, those in? Never I guess you can't have your air. You can only have one in, I guess. I like, see people drive on the road all the time. All the fucking time. So I'm like, bro, all right. So I take him out and whatnot. He's like, can I get your um, license? I'm like, oh, yeah. And I just got my insurance the day before, like two days before. And I'm so thankful that my mom like made me do that shit. Cause I was just like, mom, I'm good. I don't need this shit. I don't need this shit. I don't need this shit. But then I'm like, oh my God, I got it. And I got the email that I got it. So here nigga, look at this shit. Mm-hmm. And you know, did that and everything. And this nigga like goes back, comes back. He's like, okay. I'm like, do I have to get a ticket for, the, for this? I'm like, I'm only going 81. Like now this is the flow of traffic. He was like, ah. Cause I can't give you two warnings in one stop. But then proceeds to try to have like a casual conversation. At this point, bitches, fuck you, dog. Get the fuck right. out of my face, bro. And he's trying to like, oh, how much are those AirPods, man? They're a little bit too expensive for me. Blah 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 blah. I'm like, bro, man, if you don't get the fuck away from my car, bro. If you don't get the fuck on, dog, I'm not trying to fuck with you, bro. Mind you, I still haven't paid that ticket. Yeah, I really got to pay that shit today <laughs> <laughs> before it becomes a, a worse problem. So yeah, I'm like, bro, man, fuck. Bro, fuck you. Fuck everything that you living for. Fuck everything that you working for, bro. You just on some petty shit, and this is not called for or needed, bro. Like, there's there's people out here doing real ass crime, real ass shit, and I'm getting a ticket for wearing some fucking AirPods while right. driving. I'm like, man, that's fucked up. So to that officer, bitch, fuck you. My second bitch, fuck you, is to my roommate. Now me and this nigga done had our like our, our differences all last school year. And he not even a nigga. <laughs> and I mean I've heard I've overheard him sub- justifying Trump and reasoning with people he play online with about Trump. So I feel like that might be my own bias against him. But me and him have been going back and forth about this motherfucking thermostat in this motherfucking apartment. And we've there was one month where I was gone for two weekends and it was just me and him living here and our consumer's bill was 147 fucking dollars. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what What the fuck is up, bro? What the fuck have you been doing? This shit got to change. You know, I try to find, you know, compromise with you on my keeping the air on the whole time. But n- niggas ain't trying to pay for no fucking air on this whole time. So I need you to make a, a fucking decision on what the fuck you doing around this bitch. And I'm about to, ch- I'm changing our how we living. Thermostat change. We need to turn this bitch up a little bit. So we, we went back and forth on that for a minute. And then, you know, eventually got my way. And it was, you know, the bill went down significantly. Now I'm like, all right, bet. Good move. But then, you know, summer started getting hotter. I'm like, you know what? I don't give a fuck anymore, bro. So I just let him have his way. And the bill was all right. But then our last bill was like a hundred dollars, right? Hundred and one dollars. And that's between the, just the two of us. And that ain't that ain't that bad. It's fifty dollars and fifty cents. You know, I expected that. But we got a third roommate that just moved in. Okay. 
so I, I sent my one roommate the bill like hey man this is this is the bill for the month and he like send me the receipt so at that moment I'm like hold on nigga what the fuck you th-? I'm thinking like what you think I'm trying to do right <laughs> so then I'm like alright so I just sent him the email showing that I paid it I'm like there you go he was like what about our other roommate we gotta pay a third so I'm like bro he been I'm like he he was like he's been, he's been here for half a month I'm like he's been here for half a month but he wasn't here for half a month of that billing exactly. like, and, I, and I'm like I don't feel comfortable asking this dude to pay five days worth of consumers energy Right. I'm not doing that, bro. Like, that's that's not gonna be me. I'm not that type of nigga, you know. And he was like, "No, I don't. I know it's not fair, but that's just the way it is. He lives here too. He needs to pay." I'm like, "He's paying." I'm like, "I'm not having him pay for some shit he wasn't here for." Exactly. That shit is not about to happen. I'm not that type of whole ass <laughs> nigga. Right. I just, I'm just not. And I'm we're going back and forth on this, and then I'm like, "Bro, that's not happening." So then he said something like, "How about?" me and you pay $37 each and he paid 26 I'm like no no I'm like are you bro like I'm not about to ask a nigga to pay $26 for five days worth of consumers energy bro it doesn't make sense so I did the math and I forgot the formula that I did but I equated it down that my roommate the new roommate would have to owe (laughs) $5.80 now that is $2.90 saved between me and the other roommate it's not a big difference at fucking all so I'm, I, I texted on my so I didn't text the other roommate he doesn't know I don't think he knows any of this has been happening cause I'm okay. I'm not gonna I'm not just gonna bring this to him like hey bro cause that other nigga don't rule me yeah, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Okay. so I'm like I told the other roommate hey bro it's $5.80 for him and it'll be $47 and something something for us oh that's so much better what bitch what <laughs> And I and I want to cuss this nigga out. Like I want to just beat his ass, but it's like I can't. That's my roommate, and I don't want the situation to be awkward. Yeah, every time. Here. Yeah, I've been through that before. You don't want that. Yeah, and it's already been awkward. Yeah, definitely. Ever, that. ever since that first dispute about the like the thermostat in our crib. Yeah. And how we gonna pay that. this shit? Yeah, you don't want that, bro. So I'm like, no, nah, I'm not about to go through that. So then I'm like, all right, whatever. And. I paid for the other, like the other five eighty. I'm like I don't give a fuck, bro. Like you just a whole ass nigga in this shows. Yeah. And that's just it. And it's like bitch, fuck you, bro. Cause I smack the fuck out your ass. And that's just that. So your bitch, fuck you, was to the cop and to the your roommate. Yeah. All right. So from this week, my uh, bitch, fuck you, is gonna go out to the MJR theater. And uh, also uh, Tim Sanaka, whatever the fuck his last name is, which is the manager of the MJR Theaters. The MJR Theaters I'm particularly talking about is the one on 15 Mile in Van Dyke. It's called the MJR Marketplace. Uh, me, my sister, my cousin went to go see it too this past Tuesday. So it's what I referred to earlier in the episode when I went to the uh, movies the next day after getting pulled over. So I was sitting there watching the movie and a uh, 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 white older family were behind us and they told me to get off my phone. I have respect for that. You know, I don't want to be on my phone during the movie. It's a three-hour movie. I'm going to sit here and chill and watch the movie. Right, right. My sister pulls out her phone. They yell it again. Okay, now uh, uh, now I'm intrigued now. Now I'm like, okay, you're talking to us kind of slick. I don't like the way the tone you said he could have asked us nicely. Then after that, she gets up. She go get some manager. You know, they tell the manager to tell us what happened. So dude comes up to me like, hey, uh, we're going to get you another showtime. I'm like... Uh, fuck fuck no what 
I picked this uh, particular seat, this particular time for a reason. This is a three hour long movie. I'm not going nowhere. Right. Fuck all that. So then, you know, uh, my sister, my cousin are down there talking to people. I, I can hear them arguing with uh, the lady, you know, so I'm just sitting there like I'm just going to stay calm because I know if I get into the situation, it's going to go to worse because um, be, I'll be tripping. So then um, I pull out my phone. I put that shit on max brightness. The guy behind me, he's like, asshole, you know, nigga, nigger. I'm like, oh, that's 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 the drum board hey got up hey i will fuck you and your family up i am not playing about this shit right here you already gonna talk to my sister my cousin any type of way i will fuck y'all up in here so then while i'm yelling at the manager hears me he comes in there he uh grabs me and i'm he touches me he's like you're nah you gotta go you gotta go you can't threaten my uh my uh fucking people in the theater you can't threaten them i'm like man fuck you too then dog like you just sit here and let a family racial call me a racial slur but since you didn't hear them uh since you just heard my threats you're going to kick me out the movie theaters you already want to move my showtime which i thought was uh indifferent from the beginning it's like bro just because a white family has said that uh these three black kids are on their phones you're going to try to kick us out the movie theater like i just didn't really like the way that whole the mantra could have had it handled it better like he handled that in the most fucked up way possible uh they didn't want to give me my refund so i cut the fuck up you know and i was sure i was like this close to like slapping the fuck out of that manager like when i tell you like it was i probably would have went to jail it it wasn't gonna be worth it at the end of the day right but but it was just like it almost happened because uh you know uh, as soon as a black man show any time in the form of anger or aggression in a public setting it's like their first thought oh i'm gonna call the police i'm gonna call the police call the popo ho call the fucking police like bro i didn't do nothing wrong just because i made a verbal threat that's not me that's not assault that's not doing any type of harm to no there's no harm no foul to any civilian you feel me you know i right. can speak my mind so, you know, I'm just like, all right, you got it, you got it. You know, I leave. But then I was just sitting back thinking, like, that was really a fucked up situation to where he could have handled it better. But uh, he just let the uh, racist white family continue to watch the movie, kicked us out. So it's like, therefore, fuck the MJR Theater. So MJ, oh, uh, 15 on the Van Dyke, fuck Tim Sinaga. Uh, I, posted a, I posted a post on Facebook with his picture. So if you go to the MJR Theater, it's fuck you too, then. So right. You know, it's like, that's that type of environment that they let settle in their theaters. And it's like, it's like, I'm not rocking with that. So it's like, therefore, fuck them. Uh, call corporate, uh, corporate you know bunch of bullshit it's like well since you made the threat we can't really give you your refund back it's like well it's a threat because i'm defending my family so you're telling me if someone talks to you and your family any type of way you're not going to sit there and just take it then you're a bitch in real, in real life <laughs> like, like, I was, I'm, I'm talking to the corporate dude he's like well it's no reason yeah because you know you're a bitch like you're a bitch the manager's a bitch it's like y'all just feel with a bunch of bitches and it's like Y'all gonna get what's coming one day, sooner or later. So just uh, be always gonna look out for that, man. What goes around always comes back around at the end of the day. So remember that. Facts, facts. So yeah, we out here. If you a betweener, you boycotting MJR with us, man. We not fucking with them, bro. No more, no more settled dates to MJR. Find a different theater because, to be honest, they not even the best theater around. 
Facts. in the area. It's just something that they was one of the first ones to improve See like, back in the day. So we got used to MJR. Going we just, yep. just kept going there and it was just like, that was just the vibe. But there's so many other theaters that are so much better with recliner chairs, better bar services and stuff like that. Um, better movie uh, screening times, better seating arrangements, all that shit. So yeah, fucking MJR, bro. And Big Sean opened up his own theater and whatnot. So once they get it cracking, bro, we gonna fuck with Big Sean. I don't, I don't think it's with MJR, is it? No, it's not. Okay, but if it is, we boycotting that one too. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because there's no reason why corporate should have heard heard Joe plea for help. Like, bro, this was not cool, and just kind of basically told you, and <laughs> right. <laughs> And nigga. So basically what I got was your your uh, people could sit there in the theater and yell racial slurs, cuss words, and just harass a family without any repercussions. And they could continue to watch the movie, which in my case, as I say something out of line, it's like, oh, I got to get the hell up out of here and kick him out. Right. So therefore, it's a bitch fuck you to the MJR, bitch fuck you to the corporate, bitch fuck you to that manager, which is his name is Tim Sinaka. Yeah, fuck them niggas, man. You know, last week I was really hoping, or not last week, but last episode I was like, you know, I ain't got nobody bothering me. But you know, this time some people bothering me, and some people bothering you. So all them weak ass niggas, bitch, fuck you. Any closing remarks before we get up out of here? Nah, no closing remarks, man. Everybody just uh, continue to grind, man. Continue to strive for what you believe in. And uh, appreciate you for listening. Appreciate uh, the listeners. Hey, I know uh, we bash uh, a lot of white America, but uh, we're not we're not that type of dudes. Like, uh, we definitely hang out with a lot of uh, white friends. So uh, don't ever get that image on us. And a lot of white friends listen to this podcast. So uh, don't ever get that uh, image of us. You know, we... Uh, definitely love everybody we love everybody human being every uh race every you know whatever you go by you know what i'm saying we love them all you know just keep on continuing to listen to the podcast if you fuck you if you fuck with us we fuck with you and we're just gonna keep it at that at the end of the day i'm out straight up mr clark i wanted to talk to you about those kids you brought yesterday what about them well i was one of them but you made some kind of mistake Mistake? Yes, sir. What's your name, son? Sams. Thomas Sams. Thomas Sams. Thomas Sams. You're a freshman? Yes, sir. Cutting class and smoking crack, Mr. Sams? There's no mistake. No, sir. It wasn't me, sir. I swear it wasn't. It wasn't you, huh? No. You think I'm stupid, son? No, sir. Yes, you do. You're trying to con a con man. You're not even learning anything on the streets, are you? You come with me. What are you doing? What's up here? Let me tell you something. The trouble with being a teenager is you don't know nothing. The problem with teenagers is you think you're smarter than people who've already been down the road you're traveling. You know what I'm trying to say to you, boy? Do you? Yes, sir. Did you tell your father I threw you out of school? 
Look at me, damn it! No, sir. Why not? No guts, huh? Afraid of what he's gonna say to you, aren't you? My father doesn't live with us anymore, sir. Oh, is that what you're doing now? Go around feeling sorry for yourself, boy? Huh? Go on, get out of here. You're wasting my time. Please let me back, sir. <laughs> I have to get back in school. I can't go home and tell my mom I got kicked out of school. Now, why should I let you back into my school, Sams? Because <laughs> I'm going to do better, sir. How? By doing my work. What else? And staying out of trouble. What have you been thinking about all this time? Why should I believe you now? Because I changed my ways. I don't believe you, Sams. I don't think you've changed a thing. Go on, jump. No, I don't want to jump. Yes, you do. You smoke crack, don't you? You smoke crack, don't you? Look at me, boy. Don't you smoke crack? Yeah, yeah, yes, sir. Do you know what that does to you? Huh? No, sir. It kills your brain cells, son. It kills your brain cells. Now, when you're destroying your brain cells, you're doing the same thing as killing yourself. You're just doing it slower. Now, I say, if you want to kill yourself, don't fuck around with it. Go on and do it expeditiously. Now, go on and jump. Jump. No, I don't want to kill myself, sir. You're quite sure about this, are you? Yes, sir. All right, Sam, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back on my own word just this once let you back into my school. Because you're still a baby and you don't know shit. But you understand this, boy. You're not going to get a moment's rest. I'm going to be on your case every minute. You mess up just once. And you're out of here. Now, you understand me? Do you understand me? Yes, sir. I'm going back downstairs. <laughs> 